Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia and an early 7 a.m. 7 a.m. In Las Vegas, Nevada. Good morning, Good morning, Brian. What How up, brother? Do, How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, man. I am good. I, uh, you know, we're kind of settling in here. Somebody decided to sabotage everything we had set up yesterday that was working completely fine. Um, Landini, tell me if we sound okay. Uh, good, busy day yesterday. Very busy. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It was. A- <laughs> Landini, you there? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. I'm going to take everybody completely inside, behind the curtain. Yesterday we did our program, no problem, with the Comrex we use every day, right? Yep. I, I, I mean, I use that Comrex. More than you in studio, yeah. 35% of the time, easily a third nah, of say our 45. show. Okay, fine. It works every time. Uh, we arrived, and when we left, because a lot of people then have to sit at the tables, do a lot of things. The one thing I requested was, hey, guys, everything worked fine for us as you're scrambling a thousand wires. Please just make sure our stuff works because we have to be here super early in the morning. Yeah. And then, Brian, we get here super early in the morning, and how's everything working? Uh, Nothing is coming on. At all? Look like it's fried. Yo, like, how does the power not work? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I've heard. Everything else is working. We plug the other one in, it worked, but that one is fried. I've heard Kevin Sheehan tell the story of when they, he and Cooley used to do the show out in Ashburn uh-huh. at, at the park, and it seemed to them like someone was out to get them, right? Like, yeah. Like somebody intentionally messed their stuff up. Outside of somebody spilling a drink on that or something, like somebody just poured a Diet Pepsi on that, I have no idea how the power just doesn't connect. I don't get it. Uh, Landville, do you have any theories? Uh, I got nothing, no. Um, I have two young children, right? I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. And my eight-year-old, my dear Shelby, is smart as a firecracker, right? I think she's figured out that I'm kind of full of it. But my little five-year-old still believes in things. And often when stuff goes haywire at the house or perhaps like when she has a really obnoxious toy that makes a loud sound mm-hmm. or there's too many balloons left over from a birthday party, sometimes you know, little kid stuff disappears at the house, right? You're familiar with this concept. And I have come up with a theory that there's a mystery bandit in our home. And so something happens, and my little one will be like, Daddy, where, is, where are those balloons? And I say, oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. It was the mystery bandit. And she's like, that damn mystery bandit. Now, Shelby understands that the mystery bandit is complete nonsense. It's, yeah. it's made up. Um, she knows her dad. <laughs> the mystery bandit. But my five-year-old believes it. So the best thing I can come up with is that the mystery bandit got to our Well, you need to leave the damn mystery bandit home because I got here, <laughs> and I've been pressing that button for the last 25, 30 minutes, and it has not done anything. 
Do we have Jeff this morning? Because if anybody believes in conspiracy theories, it might be my, it's definitely my man Jeff. I was about to say, JP, I was over here listening, and uh, I think something flew over wherever y'all was and knocked out all y'all power. Yeah, but all the other everything is working. Every power, all the outlets and everything are working. Lights are on. Just that damn camera is not coming on. Now, see, what had happened was... <laughs> what had happened was... They was hovering over y'all during the broadcast yesterday, and they seen B-Head, and they thought it was a planet they could live on. <laughs> so they was like, we going to shut the power down around Jeff, that Jeff, table. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. What's <laughs> remarkable... The bad jokes are awful. Don't, don't bring them up to What's that. remarkable, though, is everything worked just fine yesterday. Yeah. And uh, who knows, Landville? I'm going to... Landini, in an effort to all coexist peacefully we're all trying to find a way forward on this planet right yeah i'm just gonna move forward that's my plan um so super bowl day two day two for us i guess day three technically of radio row um as we inch closer to mahomes versus purdy niners versus chiefs you know it's funny they have a bazillion media availabilities for guys like me and b mitch and Yesterday, I'm pretty sure I got assigned to 99% of them. Um, uh, 99.9. <laughs> and today, probably the same. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yesterday, we got off the show. We got off the radio here, and we did a bunch of interviews here. And then I got to drive out to <laughs> Brian. The, how would you describe where Joe Gibbs had you guys stay when you won the Super Bowl in 92? <laughs> it was 91 season, 92 Super Bowl in Minnesota. Uh, anybody have seen, what's the movie, Harry Potter? Yes. Uh, if you see those type of buildings, we they took us somewhere in the middle of a snowy, icy field, and the hotel looked like that. I We were with our families all week until that Friday, I mean, that Saturday night. And we decided, Coach Gibbs, take us, he took us away from uh, the city. And no one knew how the hell we got there. And once we got there, we didn't see anything outside of us. So I would just tell you this. I think we went to Harry Potter land. <laughs> <laughs> he made damn sure nobody else was going to be around or talking to us or affecting us prior to the game. So I had to drive out to where the Niners are staying. Um, everybody's familiar with where we are. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. James Brown walking through. James <laughs> Brown saying what's up to B-Mitch. Go say hi to him, dude. You're... I love it. James, James <laughs> Brown is giving a play-by-play of B-Mitch knocking right, somebody out. Um, James Brown is big. Yeah. I don't know that everybody realizes that when they watch him on Jay TV. Jay's huge, man. Oh, did he play? Did he play at all? Basketball, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Is he a Dematha guy? I know he's a DMV guy. Uh, I don't know if he went to Dematha. Not when he went to what? Was it Harvard? Oh, not Harvard. Uh, Princeton. I think it might be Harvard, dude. Um, one of those smart places. One of those places, the places you, that you and I, you and I did not go to. <laughs> well, I was accepted to Dartmouth. I don't know what you're talking about, Jay. Yo, your list of colleges changes every day. I was accepted I, to Dartmouth, fool. I was off, but I was like, they're on the football program. So what they accept you for? James Academics Brown went to Harvard. Fool. James Brown went to Harvard. Academic son? So you just randomly applied to Dartmouth? 
I was a chemical engineering major, and I was offered a scholarship from Dartmouth in chemical engineering. Leville, we've never heard this Dartmouth story. Is that accurate? Uh, that well, you maybe never asked me about it because I've never heard it. Yeah, I guess y'all think I was with a major in underwater basket weaving because I was an athlete. No, you've told us about the engineering all the time. Yeah. I would have loved underwater basket weaving. <laughs> I would have I would have majored in underwater basket weaving ten times out of ten. I think with Beamage we should check. You're talking about like Dartmouth in New England, not like that I'm talking time about when yeah, you said the green you, yeah, green and all that stuff up yeah. there, way up there, northwest, uh Ivy League school, yes. Right, all the way up there. there. Not like that time you said you had to go all the way up there to audition for no, Winnipeg. If you all ever pay attention to what I'm saying instead of trying to always crack jokes, <laughs> going up maybe north. Saying. Going up north. All the way up north. <laughs> well, that was Saskatchewan. But they were working us out in north North Louisiana. James Brown went to the math. North Louisiana, right. the same state. <laughs> yeah, still is up there. That it was. Uh, if you drive up north four hours, that's up there, right? Dartmouth State was in Shreveport. I think. <laughs> if you drive four hours in Virginia, Lanfield, you're going up or down, wherever. You're not driving right next door. <laughs> if I drive four hours up, I'm going to be in Pennsylvania. Okay, but you're going to drive up there. Honestly, it depends on the day of the week and the time of day. You could drive four hours from that godforsaken office we work in and barely make it to Frederick, Maryland, depending on the time. If of that day. happens, I probably would off myself. <laughs> All right. So I drive out to where the Niners are staying yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Young is yes. a football player. And you asked me, did he, meet, did he miss us? <laughs> I, we were kind of just joking around. Like, he had to talk for an hour, <laughs> and we were there for 30 minutes. So, like. At some point, you can kind of mess around a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, and, Brian, you know me pretty well. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's messing around. Yeah. Um, not exactly staying on task, but messing around, I'm your yeah, guy. Yeah, you're unbelievable at that. Um, so it was Nikki and I who have both covered Chase since he was drafted. We both talked to him at the Combine before he was drafted. Um, and I asked him if he missed us. I, you clearly saw that clip. Do you think he missed us? No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to be asked questions about when you're going to get back to where you were. Hell, he's in the Super Bowl. He don't give a damn about us. He cares about what's happening now. Landfill, did you see the clip? Do you think Chase misses us? Uh, I don't think he does. Let's let's cut something a little closer to the bone, Landfill. Do you miss us? Mm, I'm going to be honest, no. <laughs> um, That's a lie. He misses. I, bet I miss Jeff- B-Mitch. Just me? I'm the problem? Yeah. You're that Taylor Swift song. Well, I'm the one that got the Comrex working in about 45 seconds after somebody yeah, sabotaged you. Yeah, you got a new one. Or, do you appreciate that at least? Yeah, but P. Mitch was offered an engineering scholarship from Dartmouth. He could have got it working. He, well, the one that we had yesterday, Lanfield, I don't think uh, any one of those, Roger or anybody in that damn studio could get it working. It seems to be like a flat egg, fried as hell. Who's your one seat of dudes you think could get that working? From the engineering team. Uh, what's my dude's name? Daniel. Daniel. Daniel just if walk Daniel around can't quiet. get working, we're screwed. Daniel walks around quiet, calm, cool, and just everything works for him when he comes in. However, Roger Dodger walks around in Chuck Taylor's and a tucked-in T-shirt. So yeah, you gotta- and, he, and he gets the coffee machine and that, that smells like all to be damned. What happened working. to that coffee machine? It hadn't been clean because Roger was on vacation. <laughs> Um, Jeff, do you miss us? Yeah, I miss y'all. I believe Jeff. Jeff's- I believe Landfield, too. He don't miss you. <laughs> what the hell? 
Yeah, you know what? I believe him, too. Now, now that you say it, I, I think you're actually right. You guys have been gone for two days, and we listened to you talk for four hours. Like, this is, uh, we haven't uh, been separated. Lanfield, you don't really listen to us. You just uh. you exist. No, that's why Jeff misses us, because he definitely doesn't listen to us. <laughs> um, so we're kind of moving forward towards this Super Bowl Sunday, and honestly – I don't know if it's just because it's us and people bring it up to us, but the commander's hire of Dan Quinn does seem like a legit popular topic out here. It's a popular topic out here, and he's getting way more love than he's getting back home. The people around it that knows this league and know Dan Quinn well, they say it's a good hire. Uh, I talked to some of you guys yesterday. They were saying the fact that he is not now – being a head coach and trying to call a play is going to take a little bit off his plate to where he can focus more on that leader of men title, uh, motivating people and things of that nature. So I I came out here okay with the hire, very okay. Now I'm, like, thrilled because I want to see what's going to transpire. The people out here, unsolicited, I, it may be different for you because you're – you played for the organization, somewhat involved with the organization, whatever you want to say. But the people out here, randomly, all over the place at intermittent times, come up to you and tell you how great Dan Quinn is. <laughs> it, it's hey, uh, Tori. <laughs> Tori, you're welcome here anytime, dude. <laughs> Our friend Tori Smith just walked by. Where are they all going? Serious? Serious? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dude, that serious stage, for lack of a better word, I think it's staff from 3 a.m. I, I take your word for it. I was nowhere close to it. What time did you get here? Like 20 minutes before you. So you got here at 6.30. I got here at 6.50? Yeah. No, you got here at 6.56. Ah, 6.54. Six. So I woke up at 6, and I was like, all right, let's do this. And then I turned my alarm off and set it again for 625. <laughs> those those 25 minutes were in the difference. And Landfield, he left early last night. I don't know. I, I feel like you should encourage me leaving early rather than suggest it's the wrong idea. Oh, I, no, I was happy. I, I gave you your drink, and you started walking. That is true. I think once I turned my back, you disappeared. B said, would you I looked like up a drink? and you went to the damn elevators. B said, would you like a drink? I said, yes. And he got me one, and then I immediately left. <laughs> um, I I did go and play some cards last night. Did you win? No. Yeah, um, I know. I heard. As a matter of fact. Y'all were horrible. We promptly lost. And, uh, I, dude, I played everything right. I played it by the book. Sometimes the cards just don't fall. Why do you think Vegas is so big? Because if it's the house rules. And they're telling you how to play. You're not going to win consistently, fool. That's how they build these buildings and finish them off in no time. Sure. I, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> um, landfill. I, you have to go against the grain to win. I, and I, then they don't allow you back in the casino. Because like, they think you figured out a way. I mean, dude, blackjack is math. And I, ain't, I ain't much of a, of a math guy, but there's it's pretty clear what you're you counting to 21, dog. If you're like 42 years old and can't count 21, you probably shouldn't play any game. Landville, I may not answer this question for you, but how much money do you think I lost last night? Uh, 900. Uh, drop it by four. Jeff, what do you think? 
probably two. Add three. North of Jeff, south of Landfill. I don't think you're right. Clearly you think it was 500. Um, it was close. That would be said. But things went so poorly that we decided to get up and walk to a different table. And then my, my dear friend Bees, Mike Beasley, MGM National Harbor, said, hey, why don't we try this? It's got a cheap buy-in. See, he told that story differently. He said you chose those crazy games. Mm, incorrect. So now he's not here to defend himself, and you're saying he's welcome on the program anytime. Okay, I, I think both of you all were just a little. Y'all had a few uh, waters, sure, and it didn't work well for you. That's true. However, Brian, I don't even like parlays. I like straight bets. I like simple stuff. Steak and missionary. I like to keep it simple, right? Mm-hmm. We ended up Landville at a table. Did y'all hear him slip that in? We ended up at a table playing something called crisscross. Are you familiar with crisscross? Jump, jump. Yeah, the song. I know the song. No, it's a it's a card game that exists in Las Vegas, apparently. Um, so if you never if you never seen it, you shouldn't play it. You know, correct, <laughs> correct, correct. And we we were lured in by a cheap buy-in. We were lured in that it was only $5 to play. And we're like, all right, we, you know, we just lost a couple hundred playing blackjack. Maybe this will – we can have a couple course lights while we're waiting. Um, now, it was $5 a bet, Brian. But the trick of crisscross is that you have to have five bets open at all times wow. to play. So, all of a sudden, your $5 game becomes a $25 game and makes – Absolutely no sense. Um, I think I'd be better off li- listening to Jeff's conspiracy theories for hours on end than playing crisscross at, at, at any point. Um, we had we had a lot of fun that we yeah, had. Turn off your uh, turn on your notifications and answer my question. He just replied. <laughs> I already did. I answered it before you even asked. Um, well, yeah, I, I said the Super direct, Bowl one a direct message, dude. I, I, it's the Super Bowl one. <laughs> I like to talk to him directly. I like to talk hey, to him. Hey, you and Landfill should talk. Um, Danny was wrong. I answered to Landfill directly. I don't answer at all, all the time. It's the uh, – <laughs> that was funny because you are a reply-all guy. And I noticed when CK sent his last – he sent that email after the event last Friday, like, hey, congrats, oh, it was oh. great, whatever, and you didn't reply. That was that was growth, B. I'm not going to reply to anything else. Ever. I'm just going to go to just say to hell with everybody. I – I feel like that. Especially Danny. I feel like that's actually going to be your response. Um, We did have an elite dinner last night. We went to this place, Zuma, Z-U-M-A. You would have loved it, Landfill. Everything was good. Lindy, do you like sushi? No. I didn't like it either until last night. I like cooked food. You didn't eat the sashimi we got. You tried it all. I I tried everything. What would you think? It was good. I think sushi is kind of over overhyped because really, if you just eat the the, the meat, it's awful. But all of the stuff they put with it is what's good. So that's the difference. Just like oysters. Oh man, you, those oysters are great. No, it's not. The damn sauce is great. So I love oysters, and you're saying raw oysters because I know you eat the grilled ones in yeah. New Orleans. We've done it together. But they have a lot of stuff with it. Um, I mean, I, if it's a good oyster and it's briny. I just, I'll eat it, or I like a little bit of lemon. But the sashimi we got last night, that the sea bass was banging. Yeah. yeah. Um, excellent dinner last night at Zuma. 
Uh, if you've never been there, check it out. Phil Sims was there. We chatted with him on the way out. Yep. Dude is still jacked. Hey, you work out, JP. You don't get old and stop like you do. Um, that's true. I, I am more of, of the stopping kind. I, what do you got the size for Phil Sims? I'm looking him up. I have no idea. But he's uh, I would say about 6'3", six, 6'2", six, two, uh, 225, 230. It is shocking how good you are at this game. <laughs> uh, now, I just looked him up. I don't know. Phil Sims is listed at 6'3", 216. So that's his playing size. I'd put him at 220 now. He's a unit, man. Don't mm-hmm. mess with Phil Sims. I learned that yesterday. Uh, don't mess with crisscross at the Mirage Casino either. You're listening to B. Mitchell Finley. We're here all day. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, <coughs> America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Listen, I love getting around with my friends, checking out the Super Bowl, because now we can find out who's the best of the best from all year. When you look at the game, this uh, you got Brock Purdy, the underdog, going against Pat Mahomes. The passing yards over and under will be a great bet to go with. FanDuel has so many ways to end your, so you can end your season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also have bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, our official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-8. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Gambler. Don't try to compare us. Uh, Landini, if you could pick between uh, me going to gamble, just leaving the show, and going to play blackjack for a couple hours, or B-Mitch starting a fight with 97.1 The Fan Sports Radio, where we're frankly unaware where that comes from, What's your pick? Uh, I would definitely hope that B-Mitch starts a fight with the uh, Columbus station, as long as there's a video of it. <laughs> well, I think we're well on our way. Um, <laughs> the good news is, uh-oh. <laughs> so now we're just on edge for whenever the Ohio State crowd shows up, because we're currently stealing their power. Um, <laughs> Why? We, have, we figured it out. We've cracked the case. Because if we don't fi- figure it out, we're going to have problems in the next few days. <laughs> So steal like, Greg uh, Hoffman's power. Hey, 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 can you call like like Roger or one of those guys, Daniel, and ask We need a plug. Where we need to go to find a plug for comics, we need to buy a new one. Hold on, let me be crystal clear about something, Brian. I'm going nowhere to find this Comrex plug. I would probably go get one because we're gonna need the damn thing eventually. So But see, I think it's your problem for throwing this damn blue bag and it messing it up over time. B. Everything worked just fine it yesterday. Did. And Work, it worked nothing. because it was on its way to die. Hold because on. you How don't are have you to blame me. 
even though yesterday everything worked fine. You think somebody did that? That looked like wear and tear from throwing it in the bag and doing stuff like you normally do. You don't think something happened over no, I don't the think, last 24 I don't hours? So. I think it just wore down. What do you think, Landfill? I think uh, it's JP's fault. I agree with Steve Mitch. <laughs> Jeff, I could use some support. Uh, Jeff, you can't. You got to think re- uh, realistically now. JP. It's JP. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> Damn. I thought J-Dog stuck together forever, Jeff. Yeah. Until you ask him a question when he know you're wrong. So currently, Brian, here's the, here's the situation. Hey, Landfill, what you do is go on, on the site and see when do they actually have a show. Well, here's what I know. While you and I are on the air here at Radio Row in fabulous Las Vegas, mm-hmm. we only need one Comrex. So you and I aren't going to have to deal with the power issue of the Comrexes. But it's not our Comrex. A little later today, there are two dudes that need to be live from these two tables, and they need two Comrexes. So they're going to have a real power issue. Uh, so therefore, we need to get Daniel or somebody so I can call the Hoffman or the Grant and tell them that one of them got to go find another damn power cord. Now, in our in to support the uh, the team here, the folks from the Odyssey Station in Richmond, Awad and Mike Phillips, let me test our Comrex on their working power supply, which worked. That's when I was like, "All right, so this joint works. And we just need a new plug." So then I stole power. Currently, do they from ninety seven? Do they, they only have one Comrex, or do they have two? They can hear us. Ask them. Awad's wearing a suit for some reason. I'd also like to point out that <laughs> Awad is also wearing a gray suit with brown shoes. That matches. Which is, that matches. Yeah. Graham Brown always goes, dog. You think that matches? We're not going to listen to you when it comes down to fashion. You believe. think that matches? Yes. You'd rather listen to Awad than me? It's cognac. It's cognac with, with a, a charcoal gray suit. That perf- that's perfect. Mm, that's a reach. Um, Philly, how many Comrexes you got? Mike. He's, many, on, he's doing the interview. He's working now. No, he's it's recorded. How many Comrexes do y'all have? One? Tell Joe we say hello. Um, all right, P. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move past Get your jacket like that, Jay. We're gonna move past the Mr. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he's Taylor Swift. He's Swifting. That dude is moving fast. That's Taylor um, Swift right there. Guy's wearing it's uh sequence. Sequence. Sequence red good look, look good. I like that. fire engine. Um, all right, we're going to move past the mystery of the broken Comrex. We have cracked the code. It needs a new power supply. Uh, I mean, maybe you go to, like, a Home Depot or Best Buy or something. If I get uh, a wire from uh, Odyssey, I will go get a new one. Well, you need to get paid up front? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to get paid in the back end because that takes net 30 to get right. your money. So we have a That's Jeff by that Jeff by that thirty. Yeah, Jeff, how's that going, bud? You get paid yet? <laughs> Silence. Maybe Silence. our Comrex is dead. <laughs> <laughs> um I got I got something from something important. Okay, what we got? Um This is a, a somebody I know that has been quite helpful. B, you know what you and I are not into? Politics. Yep. But, but we live in Washington, and a lot of people in Washington are in the politics business, right? Uh-huh. And over time, as you, as you age and mature like myself, 
you make friends and you meet people that do all sorts of different things. Um, I have a buddy that does trucking. I have a buddy that does lobbying. Like I got, I got people all over the place, mm-hmm. right? Just got a text. If you if you remember last week, I, I I had a little bit of news about the RFK bill in the United States House of Representatives. Yeah, and uh, a few people I know and and believe and trust. You know, we were all chatting about it, and they told me some information and. Same person just uh, responded to me. And I think a lot of this is probably public record mm-hmm. now, especially at, at this point. Um, so you could probably move it. This is probably documented somewhere, whether it's Roll Call or The or, uh, the Hill. Those are the two newspapers that cover exclusively. Capital. Well, if it's one of your friends that work on The Hill and they're smart, they probably already know it's public because they know if they tell you it's going on air anyway. So, <laughs> so most importantly, then, good point. Um, so the RFK bill. Remember last week we had Jeff look up what a markup was. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it the, was marked up. Sounds like reported favorably the RFK bill in the committee, which is the Natural Resources Committee. Mm-hmm. The next step now. So a lot of it's my understanding that a lot of, like, bills and legislation goes into committee to die. Like, they send it to committee where it then just gets X'd out, basically. Yeah. So step one of this process is over. It is The next step is going to the House floor. All right. Where these yahoos got to vote on it. And, and you know how I feel about these carpetbaggers that come to our city and say it's a swamp and then live here for the rest of their lives. Because they make gobs of money, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that to myself. I'm not gonna go on a, a rant against politicians from both you don't sides. Have to, of nobody the aisle. heard the stuff you said earlier. Um, good. And, and let me be clear: I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. But some of them maybe are great people. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my tune if they get the damn Washington football team back at RFK Stadium. Um, it sounds like this thing's going to the House floor. Yeah. Now. Lord knows what those people will do. JP, <laughs> I told you a while ago that this thing is going to happen. And I'm going to tell you again, it's going to happen. Okay, can I ask you a question that yeah. I asked you yesterday? Yeah. Why do you keep pulling your pants up so high? You look like a 75-year-old playing uh, Well, playing I'm, I'm, hanging out, I'm hanging out with a 42-year-old-ass dude. I want, to, I, want to, I want to feel like you look. You really think RFK happens? Yeah. And I think they, they even understand, listen to me, when Ted and his crew decide they want to go, they still don't have got to have something going on in that town. And if you bring that stadium back, it's going to be like, okay, what happened? I think the great cities of the world, right, Paris, London, Tokyo, they have Sao Paulo, we learned yesterday, is going to host an NFL game. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called Corinthian Stadium. I could be wrong on that. Jeff, I'm sure you'll fact check me. The great cities of the world have a great stadium for mm-hmm. the citizens of that city and, and nearby, near and far citizens, yeah. to enjoy spectacles, whether it's an NFL game. I mean, think about the World Cup, skipping D.C., Taylor Swift, skipping D.C. Like, all of these things just aren't coming 
to the nation's capital, yep. right? Like, but if you have uh, something that can attract them, they'll come. How far is how far is RFK from legitimately the United States capital? Mile and a half? Maybe a little long, little farther. Maybe but two miles. It's, it's, it's not that long. It's not super long. It, it's walkable. I've, yeah. I've made that walk. Now, granted, I had ten beers leaving a Nats game when they were at the old <laughs> RFK, but I've made that walk. Um, you you feel like it's going to happen? Yeah. Because I think things we're hearing now we never heard before. The fact that it's about to get out of the house is massive. That's what I'm saying. And I think ultimately people just, like you, you said it before, you said it many times, those people love photo ops, but they want to take a photo op with Dan? No. That was nothing positive for them. Take a photo op now with they got Now they have some of the most recognized and respected businessmen and sports people that own the team, they definitely want their photo op. You know who everybody wants a photo op with? Magic. Magic Johnson. Yeah. But to be honest with you, Mitch, Rails, bad man now. Rails has more cash than 99.9% of the world. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk a little football. Uh, we have a packed show. Um, Ryan Keel, Justin Pugh, Sean Merriman, Mark Ingram. Everybody's joining us today live here, assuming the creek don't rise. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Pimley. Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence whether I'm on the field or off. If your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18-series inverter heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com. And see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude. If it ain't Rude, it ain't right. That's football. That's, that's where you start to care. That's when I go to sports bars. <laughs> I let them worry about it. Uh, Landville, are you ready for another streaming app? Uh, possibly. I I could I could see myself subscribing to that if it's. Um, I'd have to drop something else though. See, I like going out and doing stuff, so I really don't care because I'm gonna just roll on over to a sports bar and check it out. Yeah, but for like every game, the ones when I'm at home just sitting. When do you really get a chance to sit down on most games? Monday night? Yeah. So, or Thursday night? So I get to watch I think college that's, football. That's I, feel like night I, get to watch. I get to go roll and hang out at a sports bar. So, B. Mitch's answer to the streaming battles is just he's going to a bar. Yeah. Um, free drinks and watch the game and talk to people. So here's My problem I, with the ESPN app is that it's a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> well, dude, and now they're about to start charging you more money. Yeah. Well, so. I saw that the other day. And. Like, a lot of the experience of watching sports has now become the shared experience via social media. And the problem with streaming is everybody's watching at a different time. Yeah. Like, if if Terry McLaurin catches a touchdown, it's happening at different moments for everybody watching. And it, that, to me, is problematic. And they call it lag and latency. And there's all these technical terms for it. They haven't figured it out. Uh, much like our Comrex, we can send 100 people pictures of it. The problem is the wire is broken. Yeah. Um, 
Jeff, are you here for another streaming service? Not at all. Not at all. JP, my thing with streaming services is when I'm not watching, like, the sports, I'm not watching the service. So it will just become another bill, and I'll forget to stop my uh, my subscription, and then I'm just getting charged every month. I'm not Jeff, for it. Bro, they meet count me, on meet that. Meet me at the sports bar, Jeff. That's how we're going to do so it. So here's that. <laughs> the one thing with B. Mitch is I'm just going to the sports bar is he mentioned free drinks. Not everybody gets to drink for well, free, B. that's not my problem. <laughs> I'm saying if you want to watch it and you want to get free drinks, you come with me. Radio Row is heating up. It's uh, <laughs> almost 8 a.m. in Las Vegas. Uh, we're about to get a ton of guests. B, we're getting a, a defensive lineman long snapper, an offensive lineman, and a defensive end in the next few hours here. We got the beef coming. I, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know that anybody. We got to make sure we got chairs that are hold them. Yo, <laughs> I don't know that anybody could go against our next three guests. You're listening to me, Mitch Finley. Don't go anywhere. I got a DM from the rally captain, of all people, asking me what is the Ozzy song that we play on the show. And I thought maybe Crazy Train. And then I told him to DM you, Landfill. So, Landfill, my question is, did Rally Captain DM you about an Ozzy Osbourne song? Uh, he might have. Uh, I'll have to check my DMs. There you uh, go. People, people all in, in Landfill DMs these last few days. What they are going? JP people... was heavy in my DMs. Oh yesterday. man, you, why are you sending pictures to Landfill late at night? <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> How did? Uh, when did I DM you, Landfill? Yesterday, you were DMing me links because you can't get your email to work. Ah, that's true. Now, the good news is Ryan Keel is here. He's going to join us in about 30 minutes. <laughs> um, the good news is I have my computer today, so I'm back in business, yeah. baby. You're in business. Um, it's always something with you, dog. Now, we get the computer working and the Comrex dies, but we're, we've, we've moved on. I we're mean, on, we're a, on to happens. Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. We, we, we've made it work. Um. <clears throat> I think we should talk a little bit of football, Brian. Yeah. Um, I got to talk to Matt Ryan yesterday. Matt. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Pretty famous football player for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Um, He was there with Dan Quinn. And what was his thoughts of Dan? Spoke highly of him. Said it's a guy that lets you do what you want. Um, let you be a let you be a man. Just kind of demands the best from you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like I have those conversations a lot on there where I expect guys to grow up and be adults. I don't think you need to, if you, if the coach has to always crack the whip, crack the whip, crack the whip, they're choosing the wrong damn people. Players can get mad at me all they want, but it's time that the guys on the team start growing up, take some ownership and go out there and be able to allow the coach to freely coach you, but you're a professional now. You're no longer a college student. You know, you're a professional. And they gotta they gotta start acting like that. I agree with you. Um and I think when you so Matt Ryan I thought was fairly he kind of said what you'd expect for a quarterback that played for a coach for five or six seasons to say. 
he he spoke highly, but it was relatively platitudes. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of just ge- generic. Um, but there was an availability for everybody involved with CBS football mm-hmm. um, because the Super Bowl's on CBS this year. So it was Matt Ryan talking. Uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo were up on stage. Romo was absolutely hounded, and I said to Kerwin, we're not dealing with that, and he agreed. Um, you know who I got to say what's up to? Evan Washburn. All right. Um, really good dude. We used to work with him a million yeah. years ago. Shout out to the powers that be at our old cable place that didn't think Evan should be on TV. Uh, meanwhile, he's called- our Monica McNutt. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Evan's calling his fourth Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. great I mean, call. Great call. That was that, that little small town mindset. Great call, fellas. Um, <laughs> but so I talked to Matt Ryan. I also got to talk to Bill Cower. And I, thought, I like old Chin. Yeah, dude. He, you can tell he's cool and. What do they say, Jeff? He stands on business. Like, he's not backing down, but he's not hot-taking either. Like, he's not there. Yeah. I don't know this, but I wouldn't be shocked if Bill Cower has zero social media. Like, but he's, he's not it, there for clicks. Whether he's on social media or not, Bill is going to tell you what Bill thinks, not what Bill thinks is going to get him the most clicks. Right. And That's why a lot of people, I understand people follow him, but they just turn me the hell off. So... How about this? Apparently, Bill Cower is on X, Twitter. I don't know that this is actually him. Eh, maybe it is. Got a blue check mark? Uh, no, but the blue checks are, are. I'm just asking. All right, I think he has Twitter. Good for him. And now, he, he doesn't post very often. There you go. So if he posts it often, then I know that if he posted a lot, I would know it's not Bill Cower. Right, I agree. So I, I got to t- talk to him yesterday about, I think this this coaching cycle was pretty interesting, Brian, because depending what you believe, what you buy, a lot of defensive guys got jobs. And for all the talk of offense, 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 it was a lot of defensive guys that got jobs this cycle. Uh-huh. And you wonder if things are switching or if it was just a unique situation. I, I, I think you can't stress enough that a lot of the offensive guys have been plucked through. Like, there's not that many hot young candidates to hire. Yeah, but I think the ultimate thing is it's not a requirement to have an offensive guy. The requirement is to have the best coach possible to motivate your guys and get them to play. Because if a defensive coach comes in, he needs to get a legitimate offensive coach. And I think that little thing of people, everybody thinking, oh, it has to be a defensive coach, I mean, an offensive coach, just look around. And there are a lot of defensive coaches, defensive-minded coaches, that do not call plays or whatever, but they got a good team and a great staff. Agree with all that. And a lot of defensive guys got hired. Yeah. Now, is it worth pointing out that Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick decided to stay where they were? Maybe. But the... The records of history will not show that, right? It's just that all these defensive guys got the job. Um, two quick things before I get into Bill Cowher. I'm pretty sure Cam Newton just walked by wearing yeah. a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cam, Cam's a little little strange. He does his own thing. Also, I think that's Jay Glazer over there. He is jacked. 
Jay's always been like that, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen him on TV. I'm yeah, on, I, yeah. I, I don't he, think he, he wants to. He want to wrestle you or whatever. He's UFC. A, yeah. He's a trainer. Yeah. Um, but he always walks around like, right, looking like Igor Pusky. <laughs> so what stood out to me from Cower yesterday is I asked him, you know, you know, are you excited for Dan Quinn to get another shot? And he said, Yeah. What I think Quinn can build is an identity for this team. And, um, dude, uh, do you know Mark Davis? He's in Norfolk now. He's in Richmond forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good dude. Um, and Mark asked him something that was interesting to me because I feel like it's such a foregone conclusion, but it's different when you hear it from somebody like Cower, the coach in the league, is clearly still tied into the league. He said, well, what do you think of Sam Howell? And Cower was like, you know, there's some, some things there you like, stuff to be excited about. But they have the number two overall pick, and they got to think bigger. They got to think of somebody with a higher ceiling. And I feel like it was just honesty, the truth. But see, and, and that that is where I've gone with it. Listen, man, the problem with media today, we get caught up in who we like, okay? And ultimately, if we're going to be true judges of talent and what people are, we can't just go by what we like. We got to go by what we truly see, what we know. And based off of the people we've talked to, we know what the standards are. As I said before, Sam, when things were right for the first guy, was a perfect dude. When he had to do some other stuff, you find out he didn't read the defense as clever as he wanted to. He would wait for guys to get open. You can't wait. You got to throw them open. He threw at a spot instead of at – he threw at a person instead of the spot. You know what I'm saying? Some things were not there, and I think ultimately you see talent, but you understand if that stuff stays like it's been, he won't have a sustained success. And we started as the season went on. Yeah, I, I think it was it was fairly clear to see. Um, I, you know, and, and basically what Cower said is – I don't think people should be chasing D'Amico Ryan's C.J. Stroud. I, yeah. I think that was that was a guy who came in who had extreme talent, who was damn near perfect his first year. If, if you're if you're playing cards and you have a four five and a seven eight, and you're just hoping you get the six, odds are it ain't coming. They More than hit, they hit the six in yeah. Houston, right? Well, they, they basically started off with four aces. Right. <laughs> that was. But I think what Cower explained is if you can build a program the right way, you play good defense, you run the heck out of the football, you can bring a rookie quarterback along. Mm -hmm. And you can discount what he's saying. And I know there's lots of people that want to kind of like marginalize traditional football theory like that. And he was like, we did it with Roethlisberger. Like, he has an exact point, an, an exact person and a Super Bowl ring that mm -hmm. he can point to that that plan worked. Yeah. And I kind of think that should be the plan this coming year. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but you've got a young quarterback. Protect him. Let him learn over the course of the season. Now, I, I just don't know that they'll do that. But you have to improve the football team, too, to help him. And you have to play stronger defense, okay? One thing about, like, we got we talking about the success of uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy gets 
extra possessions of the football because his defense plays great. And then they run an offense as to one which their defense is on the sideline getting rested. And they don't expect him to go out and just throw the ball down the field and, and be the big play guy. They have multiple people that are very, very talented to where they can utilize all of that experience. So when we talk about uh, complimentary football, that's what they do. Did we really run complimentary football last year? I mean, the defense couldn't get off the field or they gave up big plays early. And the offense goes on the field. They weren't having long, sustained drives, which put the defense back on the field. So they didn't help each other out. And a lot of the times when you go to a third down situation and you have a play, it's going to be tight. But if you're waiting for it to be perfect, it probably won't work, right? And that happened a lot of times. I think a lot of decision-making caused them a lot of issues last year. And that I don't understand that defense. I'm just saying I don't know how for it, it was five to eight years to where I am watching people when the ball is snapped, they are still trying to figure out what the hell to do. That that is asinine to me. I think when you go four and thirteen, clearly there was no complimentary football. Mm-hmm. It was everything went bad. <laughs> you went four and thirteen. Yeah, I mean that's just awful. And I think you got to recalibrate that. I just kind of just cycling through my brain here, right? When you talk about Cliff Kingsbury coming in, is he the right guy to develop a young passer? I think you can you can argue yes. You can argue the work he's done with a number of different mm-hmm. quarterbacks going to his college days, whatever, right? Um, but I think Charles Davis pointed this out to me yesterday, that a lot of Kingsbury's success – was with kind of pocket guys, not runners. Especially if you go back to Texas Tech prior to Mahomes. It, I mean, even Mahomes didn't – you wouldn't describe Mahomes as a runner. He can move no, well. No, he, he's a guy who has the ability to extend plays, but he's not a runner. And But that's even better. If his guys are pocket guys, you know, but they have the ability to run, that's even, that's even more. I mean, I don't want a statue. I want a guy who can sit in the pocket and read defense and pick him apart. But if everything breaks down, I need a guy that can be able to run. I don't want a guy that cannot run. You have to be mobile at least. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think – I also think as we, like, advance, the quarterback position is kind of evolving where everybody's at least somewhat mobile. I mean, who's a legit pocket only guy now compared to five ten years ago i mean maybe golf but golf runs the ball ever so often right but, but like like i think he's more of the pocket passer than the other guys out there stafford but stafford probably they can all get out and go of tom the- brady did not want to run every once in a while tom ran and I'm, that's every once in a while like every other five six years that's how it happened. Who do you think wanted to run less, Brady or Manning? Peyton. Peyton, I don't think, ever wanted to run. Tom was just a guy who I think is competitive enough to where he felt he was going to run. I'm checking Peyton Manning 40 time. Um, who do you think ran a fast? I don't know this. I'm asking. Who do you think had the better 40, Peyton or Brady? 
Uh, they were both awful. They were probably about five zero or four nine. Landfill, who do you think had the had the better forty, Peyton <laughs> or Brady? Uh wow, that's tough. Brady's was like, wasn't Brady's epically bad? So I guess I'd go Peyton. Brady's was really bad. <laughs> like, like I almost, I'm, I almost feel like I'm reading this from the Onion. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady, Tom Brady ran a five one seven. That 40 is awful. <laughs> Peyton. Who do you think was fat? So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it a little. Peyton was faster than Brady. Who do you think was faster, Peyton or Eli? Eli. Landy. I'd also go Eli. Jeffrey. Yeah, Eli could be younger. Jeff, they were the same age when they ran the forty. It's not like being younger isn't. Necessarily, look, look, the, the youngest always perform better than the oldest. I don't know why it's like that, but it, it happens. Yeah, because I kick all my brother's ass. Well, Jeff, since you've cracked the code, I'll tell them. I Pey- say it when they're not here. <laughs> Peyton was faster than Eli. Wow. Peyton ran a 4.8. Wow. Eli ran a 4.92. Maybe Eli was sandbagging it. To- In other words, they all get outrun Jeff. Because he was trying to get the Chargers sure. to not draft. Didn't Jeff run a 6-4 or something like that in that field? Yeah. Yo, Landville, to your point, if if Eli was sandbagging his 40 times so that the Chargers <laughs> wouldn't draft him, should we set an over-under of Caleb Williams' draft uh, 40 time at 7 seconds? <laughs> yeah, he might run an 8. <laughs> hey, too late. They already saw him run when he was playing football. I have a feeling... Caleb will run zero forties this yeah, draft cycle. He probably won't even be at the combine. I wonder. I bet he'll go and do nothing. But if he doesn't want to do the interviews, maybe he doesn't even go. You imagine just skipping the combine? If you know you're going to be the number one pick, or at at worst number two, one finger salute to the combine. Who was it that got? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the kid's name. He was there, and it was the kid from Georgia last year. Carter, he was at the combine, and then all the arrest stuff came up, and then he had to leave. He left. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the agent put out like, oh yeah, he had to go check on his family. Yeah, like I well, bet make sure my happened. make sure my family okay, or make sure you're not about to get handcuffed. All right, last one of these. So Peyton's at four eight, and this is just a Google search. If somebody has more information, God bless you. Peyton's at four eight. Brady. 40 times 5.17. Five, five five That's almost 5.2, B. I think I can beat that, like, now. I don't think you can. Probably not. Um, <laughs> Eli, 4.92. What do you got Big Ben at? Roethlisberger. Big Ben's whole shtick was that he could move a little bit, though. Okay, what do you got him at? 4.89. Landy? I'll go like four seven nine. Jeffrey? I was four seven flat. Four point seven five for Ben Roethlisberger. Huh. Last one. I'm a homes at. Four four seven nine. I would say Mahomes like a, a he four move, five dog. five. Yeah, easily four five. Easily, Jeff? I'm gonna go no, I'm gonna say four six. Patrick Mahomes ran the 40-yard dash in 
eight seconds. Four point seven nine, dog. Yeah. That's right there. You nailed it. Um, Ryan Keel joins us next. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna find out what Ryan running in. Yeah, Ryan. What was your forty time? B. Mitchell Finley, one oh six seven. The fan live in Las Vegas, baby. Radio Row getting ready for Mahomes versus Purdy, Niners versus Chiefs. Joining us right now is our friend, Mr. Ryan Keel, B's old teammate. Uh, Ryan played. Every time I say it, you tell me I, I'm shorting you years. <laughs> you always so, short me years. So you tell me how many years you played. Years. 12 years in the NFL. You always say like 10, and I'm like, dude, these years are hard to get. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm everyone I get. Here's know, all I'm just... saying <laughs> on, on the website. Yeah. I, I'm just saying pro football reference. Okay. Has you at nine. Yeah. Well, no, I was hurt. I was on IR. Right, 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 right. So that's, that's, that's probably. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, yeah. play for the Skins, play for the Browns, play for the Giants. Got a Super Bowl ring with Tom Coughlin, yeah. Eli Manning, and the Giants. Um, what's up, man? How are you? When did you, you know, get out here? I got out here yesterday, and, uh, you know, it's pretty cool here to be on Radio Row. It's, I've been on here before with some other – when I was working at Under Armour. Um, but it's cool to see. It's cool to be back, and Vegas is starting to fill up, you know. Oh, yeah, it starts off a little slow. I know. Yeah, it, I mean, but you can it's see. like a freight today, train. I know. Today comes, and then Thursday is when the fans come in. Yeah, JP's running out of town that day. Yo, I don't blame you. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> for you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, for folks that don't know it, B and Ryan played together with the Skins in the 90s. Ryan and I are friends. We all play golf together. We all know each other fairly well. Um but you're forgetting, JP. That I shoot a 120? No, no you can't hit it far enough. But Mitch, <laughs> Mitch spent, had a cup of coffee with the Giants with Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. That's true. I left before Tom got there. I, was it before Tom? Yeah, Tom, when Tom was coming in, I asked That's spring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. he got hired, but then you left before yeah. he, like. Yeah. And you I, loved playing for Jim oh, Fossil. No, I didn't. <laughs> I Can I tell you a funny Fossil. story about, about Mitch? So we're in there lifting, and Tom had gotten hired up in New York. And Tom was. Like certain socks, certain shirt, certain shorts, all that stuff. And Mitch is in the weight room lifting, and he's got like the wrong socks on. And like the strength coach, is a guy named Jerry Palmieri, and Jerry came Jerry's down. Yeah, Jerry came down. He's like, uh, uh, you know, he's real, like, he scores with Brian, you know, big Hall of Fame, should be in the yeah. Hall of Fame guy. <laughs> Older guy, he's like, hey, uh, uh, Brian, I mean, you got, you got the wrong socks on. It's just like, Man, the socks don't make me lift any better. <laughs> and I knew right then, I'm like, Tom and Mitch aren't. No, nah, I'm out. Made, made I, in heaven. I imagine that's why was, I did, that's you, why, that was an edited version of that yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to visit Jacksonville when Tom was there. Yeah. And he was talking about how he won both feet on the floor oh, yeah. and guys got to. I was like, I'll check with y'all later. <laughs> I'm going back to that. My yeah. dad's a military guy. But you're ridiculous. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah, Tom's. Yeah. But Tom softened as we got as he got into it. When he softened, they won. Yeah, exactly. So Strahan went to him and, like, softened him. And that's why, like, we talk about or I think about, like, you know, segueing like Dan Quinn, right? Like, yeah. second chance. So I think, like, t- like Tom changed. You know, thing, I think coaches can change. They, totally. just gotta, they get the feedback. If they're sm- now, if they're not aware and they, yeah. they think they're right, well, then they're lost cause. Well, but the ego can always play a role. Right. If they're smart totally. enough to, like, listen and figure out, like, can I do something better? And that's what Tom did. Now, Tom came to New York, and he implemented his system, and then he got you know, straight talked to him and some other guys, and he started showing us his personality. Um, there you go. Right. Um, so so one, one thing that's been really interesting during this process, during the coaching process is, I mean, I've, I text you probably 100 times a day, right? right. Like, like we, are, we are in communication a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's annoying. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And, I mean, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> disputing any of that. Right. Um, but you were very clear – that and, and B said the same thing repeatedly on air 
that people get so caught up in offense, defense, yeah. play call, or whatever. As former players, you both swear that leader of men yes. is the most important kind of category for a head coach to, to check. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and it's not like you and Brian. I talked about just I think from our shared history, right? Like, there's all these coaches. I forgot you guys were in New York. Today. Yeah. That's well, yeah. It's very brief. Yeah. Um, but you know, coaches like they got to be able. You got offensive guys, defensive guys, special teams guys. You got guys that are 22, and you got guys that are 35, right? Some kids have guys have kids, and you know, going to high school. Other guys are running down the streets, you know, on every chance they get. Sure. And so the ability to garner all of that different perspectives and get them pointed in the right direction to me overcomes everything you know you know in terms of like x's and o's right so like you got to get that first yeah you got to have coaches who got to scheme them up and you got to get dudes right you need dudes who can play you need players yeah and and but but you got to get them all pointed in the right direction if you don't then you, you can see teams that don't have it right teams are always you're wondering like why don't they win more why don't they have more success or yeah you know you know they're underperforming this year or every year or the coach you know, you could see the coach losing it, right? It's because they're not the guys aren't following them, you know. And you got to have that, whatever it is. You know, I, I was I played for a few guys that were like that, you know, and like leader of men, like you yeah. got to get it. See, that's what I say. Like people always talk about the guys that are going to come in and they're going to uh, have the X's and O's, and they, I think it's more important who can lead the guys running the person to draw up a scheme. Yeah, I, I actually put a Mitch. I, I think you'd agree. Like, I don't think it's. I mean, it's such a copycat league. Like mm-hmm. everybody plays the same defense, same off. They call them a little bit different. The yeah. language is different, but it's copycat. It works, you know. But I think the, the bigger thing from a coaching perspective, it's like when you call it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like to me, more than the X's and O's, it's like in game. Can you call the right play at the right time and get your horse out on the on a one on one spot? Get him in position to go. win. That's more important than you know even the X's and O's. True. Right. It's when you call it. Um, talking with our friend Ryan Keel here. Adam Kaplan walking by. What up, Cap? Um, did you see Cam Newton walk by with his top hat? Uh, is Cam here? We, we saw him. Yeah. Do you I know him seen, from yeah. working yeah, yeah, with Luke? Yeah, we signed him to a, no, I signed him to a contract in Under Armour. Oh, wow. Yeah, back when he came out of Auburn. Dude, he's not the same guy he was now than he was when you signed no, him. No, no, no. He is, no. He, he is strange, dude. No. <laughs> Tell him. I mean, he's a good, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was. He's he, a good dude. He's a good he's dude. He's a freak. He's I mean, he was a freak. He's strange. He was a freak. He, he, had a lot, he had a lot of, lot of, lot of baggage. He has invented, like, his own language. Like it, the, I don't know what the hell he tweets after that. <laughs> How do you find that font? Because I don't have access don't have to that either. font. Must not be on our JP. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, your career has been remarkable in that you had the NFL success, yep. played 12 years thank in you, the league, yeah. uh, played at UVA, obviously, and then you go on to Under Armour. I, I want to get to Q Collar, yep. which is really cool and, yep. and, and perhaps revolutionary it. technology. Yep. But tell everybody – who you signed while you were with Under Armour? Because the list is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so at UA, I went to UA after I retired uh, from the NFL. I was there for 10 years, and I had three, basically three jobs. One was uh, North American Sports Marketing, so that's doing all sort of like top-of-the-funnel sponsorships, athletes, teams, things of that sort. And then I started and ran the golf business for three years, and I did uh, global sports for four. So um, in that, you signed a lot of athletes. So I was fortunate enough to sign and, and pick a few. So... In golf, the first four I signed in golf were uh, Jordan Spieth, Cam Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Gary Woodland. Uh, all major winners. I think all, all won a U.S. Open. Uh, that's a no, Cam question. hasn't won a U.S. No, Open. F- he won a Cam, British. Right, he won, yeah, Cam didn't. 
No. Has Speed so, won a U.S. Open, though? Yeah, he won out in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, right, when DJ missed that putt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are my yeah, first four golfers. Five feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, downhill. you two don't miss those. I <laughs> miss those. Yeah, we're supposed to miss them. Yeah, so, I mean, I miss those far more often yeah, than I yeah. make them. So those are the golfers. Then we signed guys like, you know, I had a good group of people working with me, too. On the, Didn't you, what was Cam, the Brady Julio. negotiation like? Uh, Tom was interesting. Yeah, Tom was cool. Like, he, I like working with Tom. He's a really good dude. Like, I mean, but, he's a really good guy. But tough, right? Tough, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. He was particular, you know, but that's okay. Like, you know. What was like, were there like... Weird, like, avocado stipulations, or was it just yeah, cash no, stipulations? No, no, there's some, yeah. On shoots and stuff, you had to have his certain, you know, vitamin water, <laughs> lemon vitamin water, without no cow, like that lemonade one. Like, he wanted that. He liked grapes. Like, there's certain things to that. But he was, that's fine. I mean, it's, as as athletes go, and as, as much as he is a star, he's easy. Okay. We had, we dealt with a lot of guys who were a lot worse, who were a lot bigger pain in the necks. Yeah. You no, know, don't show like, up. Yeah, show up. I mean, he showed yeah. up every time. He was ready to roll. Like, treat everybody great on set, or we're dealing with everybody, product people. The one cool story JP will probably like, so in, in uh, so I guess we're good on time, right? Um, Just go. Yeah, okay. We'll figure that out. All right, cool. Julio Jones versus A.J. Green. Who to sign? Yes. So they were both Woo! top wide receivers. Uh-huh. Both out of the SEC. Georgia and, I had, and Bama, I'm, And right? I mean on both, Georgia and Bama. And so I talked to a guy named, so I always used to have, like, and same thing at golf. I had my crew of people that I, I built relationships with and I trusted and one of them is this guy named Joe Collins, who was a scout. And he was when I was in San Francisco, he was in Cleveland, and he was in New York. He's always southeast. He lived in Amelia Island. And so he had both those guys because he had that South, Southeast Conference, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I call him. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm, I'm trying to decide which one to go after. And Jimmy Sexton was uh, representing Julio, and he's a big-time agent. So I'd be yeah. sort of my eyes dotted and T's crossed. And so he told me a story about Julio. And he said, so I'll just tell you this one thing about Julio. When he was a freshman, true freshman, starting an Alabama wide receiver, he was the gunner on punt team. Mm. Okay. And, and he, after three or four games, Nick Saban took him off because he was doing Too so. valuable. And he got pissed. Julio did. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. I'm like, okay, that, as you know, that's Brian, the guy I want. Like, <laughs> that, I was like, okay, that's pretty good. That means he's a football player, right? Like, he, he wants to play. And then the other thing was, Joe, I guess at Alabama, I've never been there at practice, they've got these old-timers like sit on these benches next to the fields. And Joe, who had been there forever, you know, been coming, he knew all these guys because he'd been showing up on sure. the campus forever. And so he was just sitting talking to them, and he said, all of a sudden, Julio walked out about 15 minutes before practice. He said, and I remember how, describing it. He goes, cleats on, laced, jersey on, pads on, buckled, helmet on, buckled, gloves on, strapped, five balls underneath his arms, you know, two and three. And he's sitting there waiting. And he goes, all of a sudden, like two minutes later, this equipment guy runs out and goes, sorry, I'm late, Julio. And they jog out to the jugs machine, and the guy starts feeding them balls. And the old-timers go, he does that every day. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, okay, wow. that's, that's the guy. That's the guy we go going to say. Between those two things, like that's how when you get into, like, identifying Hell talent yeah, partners, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you got to get to that level. The guys that love it. Love it. Because yeah. the money only makes athletes less motivated, not more motivated. Totally. Right, so you got to find the guys who want to be great. Wow, you know, it's now both sport. those guys ended up great. That's a good choice to have. Good but choice. I think you. I think it's. I don't know easy what the stats. Julio, Julio to me was, felt like a be, had a better career. Yeah, sure, he did. You know? he did. Sure, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's uh, what I did at U.S. School. It was a fun time. That is awesome. So, I mean, think about that draft, 2011 draft, yeah. which I believe, top of my head, is when the Skins drafted Kerrigan. I want to say. Um, A.J. Green goes four to Cincy. Yeah. Julio goes six to Atlanta. Atlanta. And that, Atlanta traded up to get him. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov got him. Before, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, GM. how often do people move up for a wideout, too? <laughs> from, like, from, like, the 20s. Right, right, right. Um, they traded with the Browns, if yep, I remember. That's exactly right. Uh, tell us about Q Collar. Yeah, so Q Collar. So, guys, what you know, the fun thing about what I'm doing now is working with these different brands that, you know, you rarely get a chance to do well and do good. And with the collar, uh, I'm sure many of your listeners have seen it. I know you guys have. You know, it's this device you wear around your neck. Um, it's FDA cleared. Uh, they went through, you know, 10 years of research, $30 million, 25 peer-reviewed studies to really figure out a way. And it started in the military. It started with this idea as, as fighting has changed from shoot them up to blow them up. Soldiers were coming back with less bullet holes, but they were coming with brains that were scrambled. Yeah. From all the concussive God. blasts. Yeah. So how can we get a solve? What, what's what's there to do? So they basically thought about, you know, jugular vein compression. I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but go to the website, Q30.com. It is, talks about the story. And what it essentially does, it allows players to play freer. It allows this backup of blood in your brain. It reduces brain slosh, which is really the important piece in terms of concussions and, and brain health. Um, the whole industry is changing. Repetitive head impact is really the umbrella topic now, and you've got subconcussive hits to concussive hits underneath that. This device really focuses on subconcussive hits, which sort of takes out the, the baseline of, of what these you know issues have. So the way – what you just said makes a ton of sense, yeah. but you explained it to me because I'm an idiot in a way <laughs> that made a ton of sense where – when you drive a vehicle, and this yep. is a football perspective, so sure. not military and everything yep. else, but when you drive a car, you've got a bumper, but then you also have a seatbelt. Correct. And, and, and the different functionalities of those two things. Yeah, so this is, I mean, listen, if without a seatbelt, right, I mean, you know, you can have the greatest bumper in the world, you're still going through the windshield. There you go. Right? And so <laughs> this is really a seatbelt for the brain. Um, it allows you, and sometimes, listen, and this isn't 100%, no device is, right? But what it allows you, like a seatbelt, you can get in a wreck, you may get a cracked rib from the seatbelt. But yeah. you're not through the windshield. Right. Right? This I thing, rather, I rather a cracked rib than yeah. be, and not So be this here. thing really yeah. what it does in terms of the backflow of the brain and, and creating a little bit of a cushion with the brain to, between the brain and the skull, reducing that slosh, it really acts as a seatbelt. The, the brain's suspended on a brain stem. Who are some the of the show? guys in the league wearing it? I know Two Hill wore one. Yeah, two, I think J.D. McKissick was wearing one. J.D. McKissick wore one here in Washington. I mean, we've had everyone, Tony Pollard to um, uh, King Henry. Or one down to Tennessee. Chris Godwin, uh, Drew Tranquil in the Super Bowl, he'll be wearing it. So we when, got about 80, 85 guys in the league. We don't we don't pay guys, so they just they basically adopt it because they want to be available. Like yeah. every athlete needs to be available to play, right? And right. the pros, you're trying to get your check. You're trying to get your next contract. Hell right? yeah. Right? And I get it as an ex-player. Mitch, you get it, right? And if you're missing games because you're out because of uh, brain issues, that's a problem. So the younger people, like they want to – but they want to be there for their team, right? This is about availability and, and make taking care of their brain over the long, long, long term. When, when you're watching games, and how, is anybody wearing it this weekend? In the Tr- Super Tranquil. Tranquil, okay. Yep. Tranquil. So when you watch games and you see these guys wearing this, and, and dude, like people always ask, like, what is that thing on his neck? Yeah. That's what it is. It's called yep. Q-collar, Q-collar. Yep. and it's designed to – I, I know the language is specific. It's yeah. designed to ideally reduce concussions, right? right? Reducing yeah. the impact of subconcussive hits. Okay. So underneath repetitive head impacts, the first front half of that spectrum is subconcussive hits. Then you got concussive hits. How- subconcussive hits you don't even really feel, but the accumulation of those are a problem. Yeah, you go. Yeah, right. So we're yeah. trying to cut those out, which means when you get the big bangs, they're less. They're, they, you have them less, yeah. and they're less, and they're, and they're easier to c- come back from. 
How annoying are the lawyers and the insurance Incredibly. people on that language? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and I probably screwed it up, so I probably got some text messages. But that's okay. It's all good. Um, Before dude, you go around, who wins this with both? Yeah, we need a prediction. You know, it's really tough to go against Mahomes. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I think – you know, I, th- I think they're, and I actually put it more on their defense. I mean, Spags is in New York. Chris Jones. You know, you know, Chris Jones is a monster. Their linebackers are playing great. Um, you know, their secondary Sneed can cover. Like, I think their defense is actually what's going to carry it in Kansas City. All right. The offense is going to get 17 or 24, something like that. Are you looking to move? Move where? Like, from your home. Not right now. Why are you selling? No, but if you were, you should call John Leahy. <laughs> that is our guy. You uh, are. Dude. You're a pro. You're a pro. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Don't ever tell anybody tell him he's not just right, a blogger. Right. Be cool, man. Big, big eared blogger. <laughs> yeah. preferred nomenclature. See you, boys. Um, dude, thank you. You got it. Um, the B-E-B. John Leahy is the guy we would trust if we were going to sell our home. Uh, Leahy is a pro. He's been doing it all over the DMV for years. He knows what he's doing. And, B. Mitch, I know how much – you think of John Leahy, if you were to sell your home, what you would do, you would call John the DMV MVP of real estate. And if you're thinking about an example, think about Ashley. She experienced the Leahy difference with John and his team firsthand. She called the entire process of selling her Woodbridge townhouse enjoyable, quick, and profitable. Ashley claims the attention to detail made all the difference. Yep, I'm talking about John Leahy and the Fine Living Group of EXP Realty. You can go to johnsellsdmv.com and find out your home's value in mere seconds. It only takes a few seconds to request an instant cash offer on your home at johnsellsdmv.com. John offers your flexible fees, customized to your needs, and he knows that life happens. So if needed, John will let you out of your contract at any time. And that's why I would trust my buddy John Leahy to sell my house. So call John today, 301-900-3052. Or online at johnsellsdmv.com, or even easier, just Google John Leahy and start packing. Insane in the membrane. That's how most people describe Brian Mitchell. Uh, I am uh, sometimes. We are live, Radio Row, Las Vegas, Nevada. In advance of the Super Bowl, Niners Chiefs, Torrey Smith is here, Ryan Keel is here, Cam Newton is here. That's an Under Armour list of all-stars yeah. right there. You just need uh, Bryce Harper. Um, all big game coverage on 106.7 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. Um, if you're driving around on Sunday, you can... Listen to the game on 106.7 The Fan. Right here. And, dude, you're going to be driving around. And 980 as well, right? I think so. But we're, we're saying that anyway. Well, we're going to make sure that they're tuning into somebody <laughs> on this station. For sure. Um, you know, what's interesting to me is as we get closer to this game, I thought Joe Tooney being out for the Chiefs was going to be a big deal against the Ravens. And uh-huh. kind of wasn't. It wasn't. How do you scheme – around losing a Pro Bowl offensive lineman in the AFC Championship That's hard. It's, it's hard to, to do it, but if you have, and Ryan can probably tell you this, when you have a legitimate GM and you have your, your, your roster structured properly, your backup guy may not be the other guy, but he's not going to drop way off. Some teams, starters are one point and the backups are way down. Other teams have them very close to where you don't miss. 
back in the day when he had the Hawks. All those guys were able to play 10 deep. You know what I'm saying? Ten guys can play. And when you lost one, you never really lost the production as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of a remarkable feat. Um, it, what To that point, though, so coming up with us next is Justin Pugh, who's had a long, successful career as an NFL offensive lineman. But, B, almost what I think is most incredible, do you remember, I think it was the Monday night game where the Giants – <laughs> who they beat the Packers? Remember Tommy DeVito? Yeah, I think it was Giants Packers. I'll, I'll look it up during the break here. But Pew literally was signed off the couch that week and started. And I think he was starting at guard. And then the tackle got hurt, and he had to go play left tackle. Sometimes, bro. Listen, as I said before, position flex. Is only good when you're damn good at one other job. If you could be, if you're exceptional at one position, then I put you at another. You may not understand all the the, the idiosyncrasies of it, but you can play your tail off because you're talented. And that thing, that's the thing. We can't when you, when you get guys, you got to find a guy who's damn good at something, and then he can help you out in another position when needed. But you don't want to drive a guy that's just average at everything. Sure, um, dude. I I don't know if you agree. You can feel the buzz picking up in this building. I told you that. Like, it's starting to feel like Super Bowl week. Now, I have a. All you got to do is go to the, the main lobby bar of any hotel in Vegas, and you will know based on the, the, the clientele if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now, I've, I've told you this. My, my first real welcome to the Super Bowl moment was with you in Minnesota. At the W Hotel. Yeah. And that's all I will say. Yeah, it was it was a fire. When we come back, Justin Pugh joins <laughs> us. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> B. Mitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan, live from Radio Row out in Vegas, getting ahead of you've got the Chiefs and the 49ers this weekend. All your big game coverage on 1067 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. Joining us right now is 11 11- year nfl vet and maybe another year this past year i don't know how that counted um first hey, round man. first round pick offensive as as line paying you're playing exactly uh, <laughs> exactly justin Pugh joining us now um just i mean you have a, a decorated career right you were in the league a long time but everybody was watching i know i was watching you got called Basically off the couch. Sorry, I won't curse. That's, uh, uh, it's my first interview of the day. I had a cup of coffee. Played a little blackjack this morning when I landed. So, uh, yeah. You've I, already played blackjack? Yeah, I had to kill an hour You're before I got here. And I'm up right now. You're so, a DJ. And I'm getting out of here as soon as I get out. Only, I got one day in, one hey, day. I just had a, a two-week-old daughter. He coming in and leaving. I was like, oh, he's just trying to get home. No, no, he's running away from gambling. <laughs> I just had a two-week, I have a two-week-old daughter. I got to oh, get right man, back. Congrats, congrats, yeah. congrats. But, but back to the story, and not about my uh, my my blackjack. Um, yeah, I, I literally was on the couch. The Giants had called me. They said, hey, we had some injuries with the offensive line. We know you're here. We know what you can do. Would you be interested in coming back? So we, we worked a deal out. Went out there. Was on pra- was on the practice squad to start. They said, hey, come to the practice squad. I was coming off ACL. That was them just trying to be cheap. I was I had ACL tear, so 30, 33 coming off ACL tear. There wasn't any, a lot of suitors out there. Yeah. So uh, you know, I signed to the practice squad, won against the defense the first week. They're like, all right, he can still play. I said, I'll give you one call up off the practice squad. They called me up, and they said, hey, we actually need you to start at left guard. Start at left guard. 
Left tackle goes down the third play. And they're looking at me like, hey, we need you to go to left tackle. I said, I haven't played that in 13 years. <laughs> I thought I would have time to get my get, get some strength conditioning training, get some practicing in. I played every single snap that game at left tackle. And we, and we should have won the, the game. See, that's the thing about I, it. I, I mean, that is. When you can play, you can play. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the young guys coming in, they're still learning how to do certain things. So having a veteran that they know they can put out mm-hmm. there and trust, and that's what Coach Dayball kept telling me. He's like, I know when you go out there, I know what to expect. Were you but you, the same weight oh, sitting at home? Had you gone down a little bit or what? My weight was down. I thought I was retired. You know, coming off ACL, I wanted to keep my weight a little bit lower, kind of help with the rehab process. As soon as I knew that teams were calling and they were interested, I started getting the weight back up. I thought I'd have a week or two to, you know, get back into the system, start lifting uh-huh. with the NFL pro- team, you know, get my weight up, boom, right into the fire, straight <laughs> off the couch. <laughs> I mean, that is so ridiculous, dude. Let, let me even p- provide some more insight. I don't really know the snap count. Like, we're That's going on silent cadence. You know the I plays? don't know the plays. So I'm literally talking to the left tackle. I'm like, hey, what's the play? What are we doing here? And he's like, oh, just inside zone left. And inside zone left, every player can run that. We know what we have yeah. to do. But then when the left tackle goes down, the guy I've been communicating with all week is out. The the backup right guard comes in. He goes to left guard. I jump off sides like three times. Silent cadence in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. I'm in there looking at the center like, snap the damn ball because I can't get off. And I'm looking at Von Miller. <laughs> like, what? that ain't right. And that's when I told uh, Joe Shane from the Giants, you got to pay me a little more than vet minimum for me to continue to do this. <laughs> so that, that next Tuesday after the game, we got a deal done. There you go, good, baby. Good for you, man. And, and dude <laughs> – were you legitimately on the love sack couch when the call came? Like, I, I understand how endorsements work, and some of them are just meant to be. Were you actually on this damn couch when they called you? Yeah, so I, I, was, in, I was in the city. I, we were at a friend's house. They, had, they got the new, the new love sack sectional uh-huh. with the Stealth Tech technology in there. They have, like, the subwoofer and speakers in there. I have one. It, they're, they're unbelievable. <laughs> you got the wireless charger. The, the, you, can take, you can pop the covers off and wash them. I got a baby and two dogs, so I do that often. I'm on the couch, and the Giants are like, hey, we're signing to the practice squad tomorrow. Because I remember in the broadcast, I want to say that, like, Tarico mentioned that. Like, it's clearly their PR let them know that, or maybe you talked with them or, or whoever. Well, I said in the, in the moments before, and you guys know, when you, uh, when you do, like, Sunday Night Football, I say Justin Pugh, Syracuse University. So instead of saying Syracuse University, Tariko, Syracuse guy, must have been a little offended. That's my guy, though. I said Justin Pugh straight off the couch. That's what it was. <laughs> and then I proceeded to go off sides twice in a row, let up two sacks. So every, my mom's like, I'm turning the game off. I can't watch it. And then I ended up playing well down the stretch, and we, almost, and we, and we should have won the game. That's why everyone was making a big deal. I don't know That's that you funny. care about this, but but I certainly did in the moment. You guys did cover, though. So, good team. <laughs> what do they say? Good teams win. and uh, They say good coaches win, great coaches cover. There you go. <laughs> well, now that gambling's legal in the NFL with, you know, for the fans and fantasy football, players are a lot more aware of what's going on. Sure. It's talked about okay. way oh, more. The, the fans are letting you know, too. Oh, they're sliding into DMs and calling you all sorts of names. What is your – it seems like you're relatively active on social media. Yeah. I mean, Justin Pugh on Twitter, Justin Pugh 67 on Instagram. I'm guessing over the years that you've gotten some negative feedback on social media. I'm an offensive lineman. Every time I would let up a sack or get a holding call, even if I was kind of doing my job, this is the nature of the business, Yeah, I would hear it. That's the only time my, my face is on TV – anything like that and going from new york to arizona 
was a blessing because the Arizona fans aren't as ruthless. Yeah, I but bet. I decided to go back to New York when they were one and five at the time and try to help out. And you know, I love the Giants. I was drafted there, special place in my heart. And I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't think Sunday Night Football was going to go that way. How do you react to the people? Do you just ignore it? No, I interact with them because what I've found is if you interact with the fans. It pays dividends in the long runs. If you own yeah. up to the good times yeah. and the bad, the fans ride with you no matter what. So when I went but out, but you don't there, let them get you irritated. No, they get irritated. like JP does. They 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 get sometimes get you a little irritated. <laughs> but I know they play an intricate part in this. So I started a podcast called Net Worth with Justin Pugh. We talk about the business of football. Without the fans, without them being pissed off that you know we didn't win the fantasy game for mm. them or we lost in their bet, every dollar they bet on a game. NFL players are getting 48.3% of Yeah, there you go. So I'm getting my money's worth. So talk talk all you want. I know I'm still cashing in. <laughs> what do you think of the podcasting world? It's been fun. It's been a fun way to interact. When did you launch it? In the beginning of the season. Okay. So I just started at the beginning of the season. I would do Giants updates. But I want to be a resource for guys. Dude, you're good at this. Like just sitting here talking with you. We talk to yeah. lots of athletes. We do lots of stuff. You're good at this. So I'm signing with the broadcasting agent, Mark Lepselter. Um so I'm, I'm thinking about getting into that realm. I'm, I'm going to do the broadcast. Bootcamp. I know that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm dipping my toe in. I also do real estate. That's my first passion. So I'm trying to get the mailbox money from the real estate, but the, the broadcasting and this side of the gig to, to fulfill that football card what do you, for me. So, I mean, that's Scottsdale. Phoenix area is crazy, right? Are you yeah. flipping houses? Are you renting stuff out? What do you do? So I tripped and fell into a land development deal. I bought a three-acre uh, parcel that was an old bed and breakfast. We tore it down, got a rezone for residential. I was going to build some rental properties on it. Uh, COVID hit, prices skyrocketed. I sold them. I did this thing called a 1031 exchange into like some ground-up multifamily apartments. And when I did that, the developer said, hey, you want to come work for us? So the last three off-seasons, I've been working for a developer in Phoenix. Wow. So that's I've been getting ready for life after football. Good stuff. But Don't wait till you're done. Do it while you're playing still. And that's what I, yeah. and that's what we did. And that's part of the reason why I went back to the New York Giants. No no knock to Arizona, but you go back to New York, that's the, the, the finance capital of the world. And if you're going to do real estate, having a foothold in, in, in wow. New York is a good place there you to go. be. Playing chess, man. Um, <laughs> do you, I don't want to put you in a bad spot here. Do you think you're done with ball? I don't think I'm done with ball. I think, uh, you know, this year I went out there and proved I can still play at a high level. Now, if I got a full offseason coming off ACL, you can't train the same way. I thought I was retired, so I maybe didn't do all the things I would have liked to have done. Now I have a full offseason under my belt, and uh, I could go, go play if I want to. It's just the matters of, of, of the contract. Yeah. So we'll talk to the Giants and get that figured make out. Make the dollars make sense. Yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially you got enough other stuff going on that it's all got to add up. Um, as far as football, I mean – Drafted in the first round by the Giants, played in the Giants your first five years in the league, I think. Yeah. What? I, I mean, you got you had to play the Skins a hundred. I mean, twice a year. What do you remember about going to FedEx Field? Well, it was Ryan Kerrigan at the time when okay. I, I was out there at right tackle going against Kerrigan? They had a rack po. What I think, and this is, I'm a little biased. I play with the Giants. The Giants won their Super Bowls through the defensive line. The NFC East has all copycatted that. Eagles have done it the best, unfortunately. But you guys have spent a lot of draft picks on the defensive line. The defensive line was always a, a calling card. And Jonathan Allen is one of, if not the best tackle in football right now. Deron Payne, you had Sweat, you had, you know, uh, Chase Young. Sure. Building through the defensive line, it was always a challenge to go down there and play. The, the, the fans obviously have been going through a tough stretch recently. So, if, like any fan base, they're going to be vocal about it. I think you guys are heading in the right direction. If I could say who I think some of the best organizations are, San Fran and the Shanahan tree is great. Yeah. And obviously getting John Lynch and then you guys got the new GM, uh, with Peters. Yeah. I think you guys are heading in the right direction. Dude, I believe you were in Arizona with Kingsbury, right? Yes. 
They just got Kingsbury to be, coordinator. to be the OC. I might be in the, the commanders might be calling me. I, Cliff's system is a good is a good system for me. Well, <laughs> dude, it's funny you say that. I, I think there will be a fairly significant amount of overhaul. On, I mean, every NFL roster gets overhauled every every season, right? Definitely. And I think new GM, new coaches, they're going to overhaul everything. What is Cliff like as a player? He doesn't get too high or too low. As, as a player or a coach or anyone in an organization, that's how you win games. You don't want to, you know, tell everyone tell you how great you are and then there's a letdown or how bad you are and, and you get down to yourself. So Cliff is, you know, he's not the best media personality. He's uh-huh. kind of is who he is. He's, he's Mr. Uh, smooth at all times. Unbelievable coach. He gets guys open. I will tell you that. You, you bring in a dynamic quarterback, which I think you guys may, you guys are going to be in for a treat with Cliff calling plays. Um, how is it a good scheme for O-line? It's O-line friendly because he's getting the ball out. He's, he's getting the ball in the space. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what you guys do in the draft. What pick you have? Two? Two. Two. What would you do? Got a few quarterbacks there. I would take a quarterback. What? Yeah, sure. That's the easy answer. <laughs> Who? You're going Caleb Williams. This, it feels eerily, this feels eerily similar to what happened with Kyler Murray in Arizona. We had just dra- drafted Josh Rosen. No one thinks we're taking a quarterback. You have a talent like that. If he gets it to 100%, he's going to go to the, the commanders. Um, does he get there? I don't know if he can kind of Eli Manning his way to number two pick. I've, I've heard there's been reports he doesn't want to go to Chicago. So if you guys can get him, that's the quarterback. But if Chicago is smart, they draft him anyway. I, and they make somebody pay everything out under the sun. I need, I, I need two quick ones for, from you. I need your Super Bowl pick. Yep, 49ers by three. Okay. All right. Taking the points. First first to go to the 49ers. Um, second, best golf course in the Phoenix area. Ooh, you have Silverleaf or Whisper Rock. Those are, the, those are my top two. Silverleaf is unbelievable. The best comfort stations in Whisper all of Rock golf. Whisper Rock is the one that I feel designed, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, now we're good. All right, great. What's your <laughs> what's your golf game like? Um, I probably got 15 handicap right now. I got down to as low as a seven, but ACL, baby, I haven't played in two years. When no. were don't you worry, a seven? Because, listen, I'm a 15 also, but if you were a seven, you're giving me strokes. Yeah, if we no, play right now. he was a seven. No, no, you can't. I was an 18. The issue about playing in the NFL is every six months, with, I'm an O-lineman. I'm not Larry Fitz. I, I, know I can't go out there and, and <laughs> Larry play during the season. Golf, dude. I, got, I got the ACL tear. Then you have hand, elbow, knee, shoulder. I yeah. can't swing a club for six months every year. So I, I forget everything I learned. How be, I don't know. Still, you're giving me strokes, just so we're clear. But um, – <laughs> How beat up are NFL O-linemen during the year? I don't think people realize how Beat up bad. I mean, you're in yeah. a car crash every play. And the reason why, as you get to the end of your career, and you can attest to this, these young guys don't value their health. I was that guy once. These guys are putting their head in there. They're taking on collisions where I'm like, do you really know what that's going to do to your body? And that's why, guys, as you get older, you still can do it. Like, your body's going to hurt a little bit more. But these young guys don't care. They don't care. Yes. You play smarter. That's why I need to go back on my love sack, man. Stealth tech, (laughs) tactical, man. You got the subwoofers hidden in there, the phone charger. Relax, man. I'm back to the couch. Congratulations to love sack. You're getting your money's worth from Justin Pugh. I need him to Uh, be able to ice chest inside it, though. That'll be next. Yeah. Uh, clearly, the folks at Lovesack know what they're doing. Lovesack is a home furnishing and technology <laughs> brand, best known for its better than a beanbag sacks and adaptable called sectionals. Uh, there are jokes to be made about that, but I'm going to keep those to myself. <laughs> um, we're talking sacks out here. We're talking um, with a big one. That's that, that is the, that is the name of their beanbag, the big one. The big one. Oh, yes. Boy. Uh, what was Kerrigan like going up against? He was a beast. I mean, him and Arakpo, when you're a, when you're a rookie or a second-year player in the league and you're going against two all-pro, Pro Bowl guys, it's, it's tough to go against them. I was happy when I, they moved me to guard. Eventually, the Giants drafted Eric Flowers, and I went inside the guard. But then I had to deal with Ioannidis, who I think is one of the most underrated defensive tackles. He was strong. 
the Greek god one of the sex. strongest guys of all time. And then Jonathan Allen, obviously, I think very highly of him now. So the the, the commanders, I, I almost got caught up there. I was, you know, you can say it. This is a safe space. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I really think they're a few pieces away. They're, they really are. I mean, yeah. if the NFC East is so competitive year in and year out, you, you wouldn't be surprised. There you go. For, did you just miss the Super Bowl team? Yes. <laughs> so you got a lot all, of bad years. So you got all the pressure. Uh, I mean, were you drafted in twelve? I was drafted in thirteen. Okay, so they won it in eleven. So you get all that pressure, all that buildup, and then just the New York media side of it. Yeah, I mean, look, New York media is, is brutal. What happened was we just didn't replace the offensive line, and that was the one thing I felt like it, there was an aging team. The guys that had won the Super Bowl, they were all, we were aging a little bit, and we didn't have the, the ammo to reload as quickly as we needed to. We spent draft capital on it. And actually, all the offensive linemen that we drafted got paid elsewhere. Eric Flowers got paid in sure. Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, then Miami, I think. And then Weston yeah. Richburg also got paid when he left. So guys got paid. But, um, you know, nature of the business. It's hard to win in New York. Sure. Uh, what's Eli like? You know, I was still so young when I was there with Eli. I was running around probably doing some things that he wasn't doing. He was kind of sitting at home being a, a father. He was, what I'll say, in the facility. He was the first one in, last one out. Always joking around. I think America's seeing his personality yeah, now yeah. and how much of a clown he is. He was always pranking guys. Like, my first my first check was, like, they brought me a fake check for, like, $25,000 at the rookie dinner, and then they bring you the new one. He died. He put that dye. If you ever, like, would steal something from the mall, that, like, explosive dye on the shirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. they got that in powder form, put it in my gloves and my, in my <laughs> cleats, so my feet were purple for two weeks. <laughs> he had some salty veterans on the O-line, too. He had Dave Deal, Chris Snee, yeah. David Boss, Kevin Booth. All, I played with Deal. Yeah, those guys are salty, salty vets. Yeah. Yeah. When, when B got to New York, they, they thought he was the right guy to calm down Jeremy Shockey. So they put his locker right next to him, and yeah. I think uh, it was a race to see who could get from Manhattan to the facility. By well, no, I used to tell him when he was out, just go to the stadium. I'll wake you up when I get there. <laughs> well, you know Murph, the security guy that was there. Shout out to Murph. He's not actually the security guy there anymore. But we would hear stories about some of the most infamous giants off the field. There's some, there's some good ones. <laughs> I, I mean, Lawrence Taylor comes to mind. <laughs> hey, you said it. You said it. But New York City, in my opinion, is the best city on planet Earth, and that's why I wanted to go back there. I love New York. Dude, this was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome with us anytime. Uh, Good luck with the podcast. Good luck with everything. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Appreciate it. This was great. Justin Pugh, uh, Giants, Cardinals. Check out the podcast. Give it to us. Net Worth with Justin Pugh wherever you get your podcast. And buy a love sack. Damn it. Sean Merriman joins us next. Get the big one. Be Bitch and Finley live. Radio Row, Las Vegas, Nevada. Getting ready for Chiefs Niners. Joining us, our friend, Mr. Sean Merriman. Lights out. Sean, what's up, dude? What's up, man? I what's... thought you lived in San Diego. I didn't realize you live in Vegas. Not with them taxes. <laughs> I was going to ask if that's why you moved. Hey. No, man, I miss San Diego. That, if I was going to live in California, that would be the place. What is the difference? I'm, I'm curious about this. From San Diego to Vegas, let's just say it's $100. Yeah. You make $100. How much do you keep in San Diego versus how much do you keep in Vegas? Well, it depends on if you gamble or not. Right? You know what I'm saying? How much does Uncle Sam take? Oh, oh, oh state, uh, most of it. Most of it. Leave, leave you here with a couple crumbs. That's crazy because so the Niners, both teams are staying out. I guess it's Henderson, yeah. Las Vegas. It's not that far though. It's a solid half hour drive. It's a solid half hour drive. Yeah, I, I mean, I did it yesterday, and 
there's all these homes getting built, and people were telling me all these people are moving from Cali to Nevada because yeah. of the taxes. Is that what brought you here? Or was it Vegas? Was it your no, fighting league? Like- it, it, you know, I'm in an entertainment business, right? I'm in a fight business. So for me, you know, personally, um, you know, everything's happening here, right? You know, they just had the, the F1 here a couple, yeah. you know, some months ago, and the draft was already here. They got this, and the basketball team is coming. The baseball team is coming. So, you know, this, come, for me, became the inter- entertainment capital, really, of the world, yeah. you know, a big melting pot. So, uh, you know, me being in the combat sports business and the live sports business and TV business, it's, it's worked out great. Um, let's, let's do this before we get going. You've got a fight next weekend. Yeah. Take us through who's fighting, what we got. Next, next Friday, Lights Out Extreme fighting 14. Um, we'll be live on uh, Fubo Sports, Fubo TV at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and this one's big for, for a lot of reasons. We got Tommy Aaron in this card, who's uh, Tony Ferguson's guy. Um, Alba Morales uh, to the right of him on that, on that poster. Uh, fought in the UFC before, is trying to get back to the UFC. So we're giving these guys, these up-and-comers, a, a platform to get to where they want to go to. But also, the biggest thing is we're going to introduce these lights-out tech gloves that, are, that can measure speed, power, punch, impact. It has a, a chip in the gloves. So, you know, the audience at home will see a G-Force when somebody get hit. You going to start showing that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to beta oh, test at this great. one. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm just trying to advance the sport, build some other verticals. And more importantly, give the fans and people at home more to watch, man. I think that more more information they have, the more people are going to just tune in. Yeah, and I think fans have gotten so used to getting a lot of data as they take in a game. You know what I mean? Especially as you have like multiple, like you've got multiple broadcasts of big games and stuff and big fights. I'm sure um, that should be really cool, man. Everybody can check it out on Fubo. Yep, yep. Fubo, Fubo TV uh, uh, next Friday, February 16th. Uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific, we go live on football. Too. Actually, the first fight of that night is former linebacker at Oregon, uh, A.J. Hoskins. He played linebacker at Oregon with Herbert uh, while oh, he was wow. there. And so he's gonna, he'll be the first fight of the night of that card. Dude, so I asked Chase Young this question, and I, I don't know if you guys know each other. I don't want to draw comparisons, but you're both, like, D.C. kids, DMV kids, I, I believe both from Prince George's County. Yeah. Um, not born into tremendous means, mm-hmm. and and – you have made it as a football player. Now you own multiple businesses. I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're Chase, his ass off. Yeah. Chase Young, <laughs> like him or not, whatever you think, he's in a Super Bowl now. Like, what is – do you ever stop – what I asked Chase yesterday, I was like, do you ever take a moment to think about what you've accomplished? And I want to ask you that same question. Yeah, I, you, you appreciate it, right? But you don't really slow down and kind of the only time you look back is when you're trying to either help somebody or you're you know, looking back and say, okay, what else can I do to, to bring somebody along? I mean, how old? You're 35? 39. Okay. 39. All right. And that's going to be a hell of a 40th birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this year I'm going to celebrate, buddy. You know that. Um, and I, I think this, man, um, from what we grew up at, especially Prince George County has changed now tremendously, and yeah. D.C. has changed tremendously. I mean, back when I, we was eating crabs at Hangs Point in southeast and, and, and you know, northeast and, and uh, P.G. County in the late 80s and 90s were completely different than sure. it is now. So I think that a lot of that had, had molded, you know, gave you that extra layer of skin that most people don't have. Um, and, and, it, and it helped, man, because, it, you know, you, you deal every day. I'm, you know, it's a thing you got to figure out in business. You're trying to grow, and you just – gain this work ethic that you know most people don't have it without that kind of upbringing what do you think of i mean the commanders have had to make a ton of moves here yeah. in the last month mm-hmm. um you bring in adam peters the new gm from san fran dan quinn new head coach from the falcons um what do you think of their moves yeah i think look it, for one they're trying to make instant changes right um and i thought they started when they when they let go of sweat and chase 
mm-hmm. when they when they moved on from them and saying, "Hey, we're not we're not rebuilding. We're bringing in our guys, our people." Um, and you know, I, I thought that Dan Quinn was a really good hire for them because it, what, what what it does for them is bring in some kind of identity. Yeah. And they were missing that. It wasn't the players. They just they just lacked identity. And 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 um and I, by the way, I think you know, I obviously play for Ron Rivera, so I, I think the world of Ron as a person and as a coach. But also, too, I think he, he kind of got a little beat up in that regime between, you know, Dan Snyder leaving and the new coming in. I mean, it can take a toll on you. And I seen him last year uh, that, uh, at uh, Radio Row, and I kind of grabbed him. And I was like, you're kind of frail now, man. A lot of <laughs> – Well, dude, you know, he also I, – I think we kind of get past it, but he also had cancer. Yeah, right. And, and I wonder what that impacts your, I, like, I, mental I, – I think – Like, not that, that changes but it a, changes your uh, outlook. A hundred percent. And I, and I, um, and I was – talking through him throughout that case and, and, and before everybody, the public knew about it, you know, reached out to him. And, you know, I found out through fa- friends and family and whatnot and reached out to him, man. But I just think that Ron Rivera is a, a tr- tremendous person. Um, you know, I was with him. And we used to have these talks before he was hired and being a minority coach and, and thought that he should have had an opportunity bef- way before he got that job with Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll land on his feet, right? He's going to be somewhere, a D coordinator, maybe even get an opportunity at a head coaching job again somewhere. He deserves it. But I think there was time for them to move on. And two, for him, there was a lot going on within the organization that kind of just beat him up. And so having that fresh start somewhere else is going to be going to be cool. You, you being from that area, and we talked a lot about this, like guys from the area playing on those pro teams in that town, you, you know guys that played in other towns that live there. How tough is that for them? Um, playing in, like, D.C.? Like, yeah, like a guy that grew up in the area and yeah. then he goes to the, a professional team in that area. It, it's tough, man. Uh, we, when we, <laughs> look, when we had a game there, we played uh, then Redskins, right? Uh, we went back there and played. I bought 93 tickets. Ooh, wow. I bought 93 tickets, and that was a once-in-a-lifetime deal. But, <laughs> but, I, but, look, if I was living there, I, I think those those tickets will remain somewhere around there because, you know, you, you grow up and, and you get a lot of people pulling at you, right? And, uh, you know, when I came out, I was the highest-drafted pick from the University of Maryland ever at the time, and the Vernon followed up the year after. Um, and so you got a lot of notoriety, a lot of people pulling at you, friends, family, coaches, and I love everybody. But friends, it's also family that you don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that, you, know, you gain a lot of them. You know, over time, you know that that guy that uh, picked up your book in high school is all of a sudden. They remember when I did this for you? Um, and, and so you, to, to, it was a kind of a relief, right, to to go and play outside of the state and go across the country. But that will always be home. Prince George County, man, will always be home for me. Is that so? You kind of have the situation where. I don't know that he gets – the commanders have the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. They're drafting a quarterback. Right. Who it's going to be is the question. Yeah. I, I still believe Caleb Williams goes number one. I, I don't think he lands in Washington. I know they they hired Cliff Kingsbury, but I don't think it's a direct one-for-one. One. These young guys, Chase, it, it seemed to be a burden. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins, it seemed to be a burden. Is there something specific to D.C.? Or is that something that if you grow up in Chicago and the Bears draft you, that's a burden? I think grow up anywhere in Tampa, you go. Uh, yeah, it's it's a burden any, anywhere you go, especially when you have have players there before you that haven't had any success. So now everybody's looking at you coming in there being the savior. Yeah, right. You know. And I think the biggest the biggest I mean to Chicago, I, I think they got a quarterback there already. If they if they fields. I think they, I think they got something in fields, regardless of what they what they feel like and. Hell, if if, uh, if the quarterback that they don't want there, and you look and they and they draft him, I would look to make a, some on fields. I, I think he would work well in Washington. I think that they they would find 
you know, some good hand. Now, they need to go pick up the pieces in, uh, uh, you know, on the offensive line and, and give some uh, protection. They can run the ball. They got a wide receiver already in Terry. They got weapons. But I just feel that they need that, that stable position at the, at the franchise quarterback yeah. level. I think Chicago is going to be smart with that. And whoever gets any one of those quarterbacks, if they have to move, they're they going to get a, a boatload of picks. Yeah, and, and, and I would, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, you either for, for Chicago, you either go get uh, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can't get them, you, you trade out of it and get two future first-rounders. Yeah. That's, that's what I would do if, if I was them. Um, now, I'm tweeting this out so people are going to start <clears> replying to you. You think Justin Fields makes sense for Washington instead of the rookie? Instead of Jaden Day? I, I also was thinking about this. Um, you're a big man. Right, like I, I, they list you on Pro Football Reference six four two sixty five. Jaden Daniels, kid from LSU, mm-hmm. is listed at six two two oh five. How much would you love to get a, a clean hit on a on a six two two oh five quarterback? I mean, you just run right through his body like he ain't even there, right? Uh, he's a little. You got to lay him down softly, though. Yeah, yeah. In you this can't, look, man. I mean, you can't push up off of him. All my favorite things is gone. Um, but I, I, and I, I, I'll go back to that statement, man. I, I really do believe if they go on if Chicago draft Caleb Williams, I wouldn't make a move on Justin Fields. Um, I think that he is, you know, with that system that they're trying to build over there, and he can come in and, and, and provide an instant, you know, credibility and, and an instant upgrade at that position, and they go out and get a couple more key pieces on the offensive line. They, are, they can run the ball. They got, they got a, a threat. You know, in the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. you know, you got guys on defense now, and then you start drafting defensive guys late on the first and, and in the second. That is uh, – it's fascinating. What do you think of Drake May, kind of the other quarterback in this conversation? Uh, look, I, I don't know um, – this is this is my opinion. I, if you're looking for a franchise quarterback and you got pieces there already, okay, you draft a guy. If you got pieces, you got the whole thing figured out, you draft a guy. If not – you already know what Justin Fields can do. Or, or, and I'm not just saying that, you know, any, anybody at that position has already been in the NFL. I think we got our hopes so high on this prospects and it's exciting. But I'm taking somebody that's already been proven yeah. that you know can come in there and get things done right away. Because I, I, when you have a guy who you've seen some stuff, you can – he already understands the pro level. Right. Those other guys have to learn it. And uh, it makes sense. And, and then, too, he's walking in with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, I, that is the I, – I love that. You know, you get a guy, and I would be – if I'm the head coach, I'm going to use that every day in practice. Hey, they ain't want you. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, they, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't want you there. They didn't, yeah. they didn't think that high of you. They drafted Caleb. That is more ammunition you can have, a, have for a guy coming into your organization. Two quick ones for you. Uh, who's the best pass rusher in football these days? Uh, I, I'm always – I got to use my top three because it, it's so hard to go one with Miles – well, Michael Parsons, Miles Garrett, and I'm going to go Nick Bosa. Yeah. TJ Watt in that, that close third or fourth, and you got to put Khalil up there. It's some guys out there now, but when you talk about uh, just a pure form pass rusher, guy that's relentless, you know, I'm going with Micah because you can move him around. Nick Bosa, he's going to be on the left or right side. Micah can rush down the center of a, or mm-hmm. a guard. I mean, you yeah. can put him in so many places. So I'm going Micah first, uh, Miles Garrett, and TJ Watt and Khalil Mack. And, or, the, I'm sorry, and Nick Bosa. Not their career because I, I think it's, it's clearly Donald. This past season, who was better, Chris Jones or Aaron Donald? Chris Jones. Yeah, he had a monster. Chris, Chris, a monster Chris, Chris I mean, look, I, the re, in my opinion, the reason why the Chiefs are playing in this game is because, is because of, of defense yeah, yeah. And, and Chris Jones, right? 
that establishing that mindset, that mentality up front, that play that they made against Flowers going in and scoring that, you know, the secondary made that yeah, play and they yeah. punched the ball out. If they, they score in that, the Chiefs ain't here. Right. That, <laughs> that momentum in that game is completely different. So they're never the, te- the defense is never going to get the amount of credit that they deserve because you got such a great quarterback and a yeah. big name. you got Travis Kelsey and what they can do on the offense side of the ball. But, man, the reason why they're here is because that underappreciated defense that no one's really talking about as much. Super Bowl pick, and we'll let you go. I know you got a lot of stuff I, to do. I'm going, uh, I'm going with Chiefs, and I'm going with them. I'm always going with a defending champs until somebody knocked them off. I'm with you the, on that. The 49ers are the better team. They got more talent. Um, but, in my opinion, the Buffalo Bills are better than the Chiefs, and so were the Ravens. And they still beat both of them. So, yeah. talent in this case don't matter. It, it, I'm going with the guys that know how to win. And so, they've been there before. They've been there before. And so, uh, we still. When, when can uh, Jeff get this fight? He's trying to get. Oh, jeez. Right, look, uh, we can. I, can <laughs> I wish my, Jeff I, was look, here. I can Jeff, actually see Sean. Jeff, person. if you listen to it, I, I got a waiver here for you, right next to me. If you want to, if Dude, you want to sign we'll this waiver, bring it back. Send with it us. to oh, me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bring it back. I will sign it. But, Just so you can get your ass kicked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm glad I, y'all I, doubt me. I'm also in the life insurance business, man, so I might have to assure you. <laughs> Hold on. We should show Sean Jeff's incredibly impressive. Let me see hey, if I can pull this up. Jeff's training for the big fight, Sean. You, you, is he? You, you may not be ready for this. Look at my man Jeff too funny. Don't on. show me nothing of him full sprinting to the refrigerator talking about <laughs> no. I'm in shape. Hold on. I don't know. that. I'll show you in the break. We got to yeah. go. I know you got to go. Um, we're going to have Mark Ingram join us in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and places some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel. An official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 106 fans. You have to be 21 years old or present in Virginia. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-bedrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get over here. B. Mitchell Finley live 1067 The Fan at Radio Row. I just met Tommy DeVito's agent. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's him right there, dude. Oh, okay. Dude is oh, a smooth he, dresser. Yes, he is, man. Um, you know who pointed out Tommy DeVito's agent to me was none other than our dear friend, Mr. Tory Smith. Tory, how we doing, dude? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? We're good, man. Super Bowl's starting to happen with Tommy DeVito's agents walking around. <laughs> it is, man. He's shaking like, shaking like hands, kissing babies. Uh, looks like a character, man. I, like, he's about to, like he's about to get ready for a movie set. It's a real It's a real thing. It's real. <laughs> this is his everyday costume. I, I love oh, it, man. man. I love it. Like, that dude has his own tailor. He's a star, man. Look, everyone's coming up to him. <laughs> hey, Tommy DeVito better be careful. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I think your agent gonna make more money than you. The agent might be more famous than Devito. Um, I just took a picture with him. I, I was excited. Um, Tori, how you doing, dude? Doing great. How y'all doing? Uh, Good, man. We're doing well, man. Um, obviously, the big news in Washington has kind of happened now. Yeah. You get uh, Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt. Um, as as an NFL guy, you are, you are very plugged well. in. What do you think of the moves they've made? 
I mean, I love it. You know, I think it's you hired a group that it seems like you'll give them time to get it right, right? I think when you talk about the the organization and uh, where they're trying to go just future-wise, it's like now is the time to really build in a way that Washington fans feel comfortable with the process. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone that's kind of coming to this point, and even Coach Rivera, who y'all know I love and love, is like, I, I know I love is like there was always something else. It was like no matter who it was, you still had the owner. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like now I feel like since I've been alive and I've been watching this squad uh, to really kind of understand, not my little 90s in Colonial Beach type vibe, but like since then, watching this team grow, it's like now this organization is in a spot where the fans believe. And I think when you are when you believe and you have confidence, you're able to trust that process a little bit more. And I think they needed this clean slate. And I'm excited to see how it works out. And I think you're right. Dan Quinn now is in his second stint as a head coach. And it didn't work as well as people thought it would, but he was in the damn Super Bowl. Let's look right. at that. Two people. <laughs> right. Okay. And you, you can give whoever you want the credit for it. But if you're going to give somebody else credit, you can't give him all the blame that they didn't win that Super Bowl. Absolutely. But now he gets a second chance, and he is going to be more of like a Dan Campbell type now. I'm going to lead the guys. I'm going to motivate them. I have an offense and defense coordinator. Last time he tried to – head coach and call plays. Mm-hmm. That's a little difficult, I think. So I think that'll make things a lot better for him. Yeah, I think it does. And uh, one thing that I've learned, and this is really from watching, when you're calling the plays and you're the head coach, you kind of set yourself up a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> you get all the blame, right? <laughs> In the <laughs> self-preservation NFL, man, you, you do open that door. Right, go. man. I, I'm going to go ahead and put that on somebody else because I know I can at least fire one of y'all once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna find myself, right? Like it, I think that's kind of how it's been, and you know it's interesting because I saw in Seattle, uh, Mike McDonald just said, "Yeah, I'm gonna call the plays until I'm comfortable." What I'm like, all right, bro, you know, be careful. <laughs> first start now, but uh, there's a lot of stuff on your plate. <laughs> it is, but again, I'm, I'm just excited for uh, this team. You know, coach, this is this is sec- his second stint, right? I think yeah. a lot of us can relate to things in in real life where it's like, man, it didn't go the best the first time, but I think with him, he's been successful everywhere he's gone defensively and beyond that as a head coach your job ain't really the x's and o's right true your job is to build the culture and to make sure you pick the right people to take care of business and i think everything that i've seen and known about him it seems like his defenses for the most part are composed as a leader you hear the players how they feel and think about him and i think he's done a great job and again with the people he has around him and even with this organization the excitement that they bring i think for the first time in a long time Players from the outside looking in are going to view Washington as a place that they actually want to go to in these coming years. Like, I've said this. I believe Adam Peters is the most important person in the building because he's the guy that's going to pick the players. Yeah. Okay. Dan Quinn is not as important as, as Adam uh, Peters. Peters has to be the one to come in and pick the right type of players. Mm-hmm. And then if that happens, I expect things to get better. Yeah, and you're absolutely right by that, you know, and – you know, that's some big-time decisions to make. Are we starting over at the quarterback position? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think when you come in, it's like you want to have your guys. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's just the, the nature of it. And you have another uh, prime spot. So um, I think it's going to be great for them to, again, hit that reset button and start fresh. I know you have a hard out. I have two quick ones for you. Mm-hmm. Did you see that our Terps lost to Rutgers at home last night? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I watched, uh, we'll, that, I watched we'll, that over some drinks. Yeah, I watched it with you over some drinks. <laughs> um, 
Now, Mark Ingram is saying hello to Tori. <laughs> what up, right bro? Um, do you have a Super Bowl pick for us? Uh, 49ers, man. I t- y'all know I have four favorite teams, all of them that I play for. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very biased in having the 49ers in this game. It's funny. B also loves all the teams that paid him to play football. Hell yeah. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and real relationships, too, right? It's one thing to say it, but I think I, I for sure know how important uh, B. Mitch is to the folks up. In Philadelphia sure. as well. So I yeah. think it's great. I saw Jed York earlier. Yeah. Was on, did a show with him earlier, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty cool to see that. But the 49ers are in great position. And I think ultimately, y'all know who the key player to, to this game is going to be? Who? Chase Young. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And here's why. The only way you can beat the Chiefs is if you're able to get to Patrick Mahomes with four. If you blitz him. He gonna light you up. You have to be able to get to him with four. So you have both over there. This is the game where Chase Young has the opportunity to let everyone know who he is. And I know he had a tough time in Washington, but we all know and love him, right? And I think it's gonna be a big game for him. He can be a different difference maker in this game. And shoot, it has to be now. And I believe be. in him. It has to be for business purposes for his own future, <laughs> right? But I believe in him, man. I think he's gonna get it done. Thank you, Tori. Appreciate right, your time. Appreciate, Appreciate y'all having me. Mark Ingram joins the program next. Don't go anywhere. No matter what. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan, live from Radio Row, Las Vegas, Nevada. Not going to waste any time. Excited to welcome Mr. Mark Ingram to the program. Dude, what's going on? Man, what's Thank going you for on, making man. time. Appreciate y'all having me. <laughs> Appreciate, Appreciate it, brother. dude. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it's an interesting time right now in the NFL. What is it like for you as a guy that played – I mean, up until last season, like, how how weird is it for you to get a year off now? Man, it was it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I went into it like you know I was a free agent. I didn't know if uh, you know I wanted to continue to play, continue to train, and uh, and I was doing that. Wanted with the chance to maybe play for a contender or something, and you know, so I just kept that door open. Then the Fox thing happened, and I'm like, listen, man, it just made too much sense. It was a great avenue, a great way for me to transition, and. Just to have a, a season where I didn't play, man, it was like a crazy weight lifted off my shoulders, man. Like it's a little weird, though. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. It was like because <laughs> I've been doing something for so long, like sure. for 20, the past twenty-one years since I was in seventh grade, I've been playing football, tackle football. So uh, it was kind of different, but man, it was a blessing that I, I was able to transition smooth into what I'm doing with Fox and, and the college football show there on Big Noon Kickoff. Um, just an amazing blessing, man. He said when when he got done, he still woke up Sunday mornings and started driving to the stadium. Uh, it, was, it was rough. <laughs> I, I, I woke up one day, and I was driving to Redskin Park at the time, and I'm like, where the hell are you going? You know? Because, <laughs> I, like you said, I, yeah. I had done it since I was 10 years old. You get and I was to a routine. Yeah, you get into yeah. that routine, yes. and just like it's, it's natural instinct to, like, you know, do what you've been doing all these years. But, no, Dude, it felt good. It felt good. So the Big Noon Kickoff Show is awesome. I, I, I really enjoyed watching it. But you are an SEC guy. I yeah. mean, you are you are a Bama built guy. Right. Now, I, 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 are you from Jersey? Like, what's it like being a Big Ten guy? Kind of well, at I, least for coverage wise. Well, I'm from Michigan. So okay. All right. I grew up in Big Ten country, so I was, I'm very familiar with all those teams, and I think it's huge for uh, Big Noon and the Big Ten that you know USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, all those teams are coming over. So I've just always been a fan of the sport in general. Obviously, I am an SEC guy, but man, listen. I can't say enough about what Fox did, welcoming me and accepting me sure. and helping prepare me 
for the big stage, you know, and giving me an opportunity to transition smooth from a 12-year NFL career into this next phase of life, this next career that I can uh, continue to grow and improve on. So it was nothing but a blessing. And I, I love Big Ten football because I grew up in Michigan. I was born in New Jersey. Okay, yeah, but, I looked um, that up. I, Michigan State, uh, I'm a Michigan State legacy. My grandpa played there. My father played oh, there. Cool. My, my mother went to school there. So I'm a Michigan State legacy. So were you rooting for the Wolverines to win the title? Never. Never. <laughs> never. Only Bama, huh? Yeah, only Bama. But only Bama. Do you find, like, the preparation you had in football and now what you preparing for a show is very similar? Yeah, like of course. The, the studying aspect. Yeah, of course. Like, when I get on TV and they're asking me about a game, I want to be able to give my real, true insights and my thoughts behind it. What I'm seeing from the offensive line, defensive line, from what I'm seeing from this team as a whole, you know. And I want to be able to, you know, know what I'm talking about so I can give my true self to the fans, to the viewers, and be able to give them the knowledge they need from, you know, my experience. Switching it to, well, you know what, I want to ask you about saving retiring. As somebody that played at Bama, won championships at Bama, what what was your reaction when you saw that Nick Saban was stepping down? I was hurt, man. I was hurt, <laughs> man. I was, like, grieving, dog. Like, it was crazy. But um, it's just been such an amazing time, a special, a special moment that we've been able to experience Coach Saban for this long, at this high of a level, the best college football coach ever. And um, he just did an amazing job. And obviously just what he means to Alabama, what he means to me, what he means to the game of football, it was, it was sad to see. But per, uh, se- selfishly, I'm, I'm pissed, but loving Coach Saban and everything he's done for me, everything he's done for the players that's come through there, everything he's done for Alabama, everything he's done for football, man, he deserves it, man. He's 72 years old. He has lots of other things going for him business-wise. He can enjoy his, his kids, his grandkids. Um, he deserves to um, enjoy the fruits of his labor. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Did you see the video of him boogie boarding? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, trying to boogie board. There was no boogie boarding going that's on. That's a good point. He was a good trying point. to boogie board. Let's get to the pros. You played with the Ravens for a few seasons. You mentioned earlier you were wondering if somebody was going to call. Did, were you, like, texting Lamar, like, yo, I, I, I know I I'm do doing this. this college football show, but I'm still in shape. Right. No, I hit him. I said, yo, I see y'all, you know, a little thin in the RV room. If y'all, if y'all need somebody, man, I've been working, you know, four, five days a week all season. So, uh, yeah, I got, I received a couple calls here and there, but nothing came to fruition. And I definitely hit Lamar up. I definitely hit Harv's up. Like, yo, if y'all need some depth in the playoffs, man, I'm right here. You know what I mean? So, uh what you think of them losing to KC? Man, it was – it's painful, man. They had the game in Baltimore, man. They had such a great season. And for them just to – just not have their best performance, yeah, and, yeah. you know, that's essentially what it was, man. They just uh, – they didn't have their best game offensively. I think that they were kind of out of that character. That confused me yeah, some yeah, watching yeah. them and that, how they played that game. Lamar wasn't good and the game plan wasn't good. The right? game and plan they, wasn't great. they were great. Side, step yeah. by step. The game plan wasn't great. Obviously, there could have been some more – better execution on certain plays they had too many uh personal foul penalties, penalties that yeah. hurt them yeah. and then you feel like if you hold Kansas City to 17 points you win that game yeah, you sure go. you know what I mean but they just didn't have a great game and that's what's so special about the NFL man it's one game elimination if you don't play well on your Sunday on your Saturday in the playoffs you go home I'm going to talk your ear off until they drag you away but I want to be <laughs> I, I want to be sure that Listen, I gamble all the time. I understand gambling. But the Super Bowl is such a big event that I think maybe people that don't usually bet on football kind of get pulled into it. Right. What what do people need to make sure they understand this weekend about betting on the Super Bowl and not doing anything stupid? Well, like you said, 
about, you know, just the amount of eyes that are coming to the game. Uh, AGA, American Gaming Association, the research shows is a record. 68 million Americans, adults. Damn. 68 million American adults plan to bet $23 billion on the Super Bowl. Damn. So $23 billion? $23 billion. 68 million American adults plan to bet $23 billion on the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it just shows you the growth of legalized sports betting. Five years ago in 2018, there was only one state, Vegas. Yeah. Now there's 38 states, including Washington, D.C. But I think you just have to bet responsibly. You yeah. have to know your limits, know the odds, and you just have to bet responsibly. What, I think they, what they need to do is look at Vegas. Exactly. And see how big the buildings are, how many lights they have, <laughs> and understand they're winning. They're not losing. Yeah, they winning. they yeah. winning. They so. definitely won against me last night at the Blackjack table. <laughs> you know that. Yep. Um, <laughs> when, when you get into – Sunday's matchup. Who do you like? So, for me, if I'm a gambling man, I'm putting my money with the Chiefs. I mean, they're the responsibly. Underdog. Yeah, if I'm a responsibly betting man, yeah, and I'm knowing the lines, I'm knowing the odds, and I'm knowing who's on these teams, I'm taking the points and I'm going with the Chiefs. Like Chiefs underdog, Mahomes. And they just like they haven't had their best season throughout the regular season, but right now they're, they're clicking playing. on a different yeah. level, man. The defense is playing strong. His receivers aren't dropping passes. They're being where they're supposed to be. He's putting it on the money. Pacheco in the run game. Pacheco's good. Pacheco in the run game is an asset to them. Yes. So I think they're just kind of hitting their niche. I think they're hitting their stride. Now, who do I want to win? I want the Niners to win. <laughs> but I think the Chiefs. What's your win. T- tie to the Niners? Is there a reason or just? Something new. Man, I'm or? tired of the Chiefs, man. <laughs> I'm tired of the Chiefs. I sound like a hater, but I'm tired of the Chiefs, man. I played against them, man. I, t- I was tired of them then. I'm tired of them now. Shoot. <laughs> uh, I, I, I believe that. I believe yeah. that. Uh, real quick, big news in Washington is they hired Dan Quinn, yeah. right? That's the new head coach. I don't. Looking at your bio briefly, I don't think your paths ever crossed. I don't know if you know him. What you make of the hire, man? Uh, I know he's done a good, a great job defensively. Sure. I think when I played him, he was in Seattle, he, I believe. Yeah. Was he in Seattle? He was and in then, Seattle, but I think he was coaching the Falcons when you were with the Saints. Okay, yeah. So we definitely have played against each other. I know he usually is known for you know, having strong defenses and, and having just like a solid culture. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the main thing when you're trying to hire a new coach is the culture. And obviously the defensive expertise that he brings. I think that's a benefit. I think that's an asset to the Falcons. And um, you need you need a culture guy. You need a, a, a player guy, someone who's going to inspire and influence and encourage and change culture. And he's been able to do that everywhere he's went. So I think that's a good hire for him. For sure. Uh, Mark, I know you got to run. Um, what's your favorite drink to order at Innisfree in Tuscaloosa? Blue MF. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that, dude. I, I know you got to go. The folks are looking for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank joining us. So it was a lot Thank of fun, you. man. I appreciate you. Who, who's awesome. winning the Natty next year? Natty. Roll tight. We upset in the world. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Sailing <laughs> the board, baby. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. Mark Ingram. What Social and stuff. I'm sure everybody can follow you somewhere. Yep. At Mark Ingram the second. There you go. There you have Twitter, it. Twitter, Instagram, all those. Let man. Me be, you are welcome to stay here. I think the, the young woman here <laughs> wants you to leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back, man. Y'all some good people. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mark. Right, Take bro. care, man. Thank you, man. Have a good day. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it, Mark. Um, that's okay. Thank you very much. We're, we're, we're more than happy. Thank you. Um, That's just how we roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, have you watched the Big Noon kickoff show? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, and I think he brings an awesome element to it. He does. I also didn't want to say this with him sitting next to me. I can't. I'm, I'm kind of 
surprised that they got Urban Meyer back on that thing. <laughs> hey, um, man, Urban Meyer got the gift of gab. Sure, he can talk. He keeps the damn job. For sure. No matter what he does. Chris Kerwin he in the keeps building. keeps the job. Um, I was impressed by Ingram there, and it, it's funny. I didn't realize he grew up in Michigan. It, it is – we are approaching this world in the in college football where it's the SEC and the Big Ten and kind of nothing else matters. Yeah. And I think ultimately it's going to be uh, basically like the AFC-NFC. <laughs> It's going to that where you're going to have one major league and they're going to have a champion out of each and they're going to go play each other. That's what I see. Um, Mark Ingram was very cool, man. Yeah. I uh, I enjoyed that. And um, he's right, dude. As far as gambling this weekend. Bro, when he said $23 billion, That's a lot of money. Dude. On the Super Bowl. Think about. I wanted to ask him, and clearly we went over our allotted time anyway. 68 million people. Um. <laughs> When you, when you think about how quickly everything has changed, I mean, he, Ingram play, Ingram was drafted, I want to say, in 11. Um, yeah, he was drafted in 11. 2011 is 12 years ago, I guess 13 now. Yeah. Gambling was, you'd get thrown out of the league. Yeah. You get thrown out of the league now. Now the Super Bowl's in Vegas. Yeah, but see, that's the thing about it, and I think ultimately – they still want it to be as it always been to where those that are playing the game don't benefit. But they benefit in the long run because of the salaries going up and things of that nature. Uh, it's different, but let's be real. When it wasn't legal to gamble, go check the NFL owners. They had some ties to Vegas already. Sure. They were just working on how they going to benefit the most off of it. And then they, they let it go because once it hit – as soon as they had one little, it was the Supreme Court. Yeah, it was like one little pebble started going down the mountain. Now we got a big old snowball coming down it. Um, apparently, I've I've missed a responsibility. Yeah, right. giving away tickets. So I'm going to do it right now. Go for it. Caller number ten right now eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. You can win two tickets to Joe Bonamassa Saturday, February twenty fourth at the theater at MGM National Harbor. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, visit thefandc.com slash events. Speaking of MGM National Harbor, B, I haven't heard much from our friend Mike Beasley today. You probably won't. <laughs> he, he, he was kind of like getting to the room. He didn't walk a straight line. <laughs> um, what time did you get in last night? Like one something, one twenty. Um, so I probably had an hour start head start on you? Yeah, about that. All right. Um, tonight I am going to the Sphere, which should be really cool. I uh, I can't wait to see, experience, whatever. It's supposed to be like a crazy immersive thing. Um, but I have a lot of work to do prior to that. I I wanted to go back to something. I I'd say he's he's kind of the first person we've heard it from. Merriman saying, "What about Justin Fields?" Yeah. Before I ask you your opinion on Justin Fields, I want to let's start here. Do you think that becomes a real conversation? I don't know if it becomes a conversation in Washington. I think they have the sense or the, the it looks like they're going to want to draft somebody and mold them. But if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm if everyone thinks Caleb is the top guy, I'm going to draft them. I'm drafting him and then I'm going to decide where I'm going, and what I want for him, okay? 
I am going to be able to build me a, a contender off of this draft. Just like when, uh, what was it, Jimmy Johnson? Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, and he gave him what? How many people gave him? A lot. <laughs> I will do Think exactly about the, the same. Casserly pulled it off, the Ricky Williams trade that Mike Dicka made with the Saints. I will do the same type of deal. Listen to me, man. They're in a position of power right now. And the way I look at it, if they're going to hold you hostage, you don't do that. Because based on listening to Josh uh, Harris and other things, they are not trying to give away the whole farm. That's the mindset he had presented to us. And so I don't think that to make that one move, one step, you got to give up a hell of a lot to do that. A hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, haven't done it today. It's been a packed program. Um, we got Hoffman here, Grant is here, Phillips is here, Awad is here. This this place is really building up, getting some juice at this point. Yep. Um, I think we have a conversation about Caleb Williams, the first overall pick, Justin Fields, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. You and I, I believe, are in agreement that they should not give up the farm. Yeah. But if they identify that one of these guys is the guy, if they identify that Caleb is the guy and you got to go to one to get him, are you okay with it? Are you? Do you understand the draft capital required will be stupid? That's just how oh, it's it works. Be crazy. That's just how it works. Are you willing for them to pay that, to bite that bullet because they think, Caleb's the guy. I think, much like if you go back in time to the RG3 trade, a lot of people were really excited, but there was a fair amount of people that said, yo, they gave up too too much. much. Yeah. Do you want them to make a big move for Caleb Williams? Would you rather them make a medium move for Justin Fields? Do you want them to stay at number two and just take the quarterback that's there? Daniels, May, whoever, maybe Caleb, who the hell knows? Phone lines open, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. Talking quarterbacks on B. Mitch and Finley. I think it makes, it, it, when you're looking at it, and if we look at the history and what you got to give up, it's probably best to stay there because I think you can get somebody who is just as good at two. Um, you have to make the decision on what you're willing to give up. Uh, if you're trying to build a team right now, in a sense, from scratch, you want to have the most picks. And if you go and move up one spot or you want to trade for someone, you got to give up picks. That's that's kind of lessening your opportunity to do the things that you've discussed. So I think it's best to stay at two and take one of the three. Uh, let's ask the great Landini. Um, Landville, you could trade up to one, presumably for Caleb, but I guess for anybody you want. Um, you can stay at two, take whoever's there. You can trade for Justin Fields. What, if any, option is is most appealing to a professor like yourself? Uh, I think what I would I would like to see him do is just stay where they are. Uh, take Jaden Daniels. He, I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy in the SEC. That's that's good enough for me. I believe in the guy. Um, his ability wise, I'd like to see him uh, stay there. I think. Seeing giving up a lot of stuff to move up one spot is just tough. Even if Caleb Williams is considered a, a better prospect, it's still just tough to me to see something like that happen. I just 
go with Jaden Daniels. I think I'd be I'd be pretty happy if they did that. I I tend to agree with you. Um, I I just don't understand why you would pay the freight to trade up to one from two. And I, if you decide if if you had this massive overhaul right of new GM, new coach, new OC, all of it and you decide, yo, we need a quarterback to reset this thing, and you had the 13th pick, I get that. If you were sitting at 16, like, I can understand that. Like, it's worth paying that freight. But I think if they do, I I think it's overly simple to conclude that they hired Cliff Kingsbury, so they're going to go after Caleb Williams. Well, I I think, like I said, I was listening to Schefter uh, yesterday, he was talking about the air raid and and uh, Drake May is in that too. You can make this thing be how you want it to be, but ultimately, whoever they get is going to have to work. I I, I agree with that. Do you want him to trade up? Uh, our guy Drew Cohen is on the line. Drew, what do you want him to do in the quarterback search? So I, I, I'm hopeful that that Adam Peterson has learned a lesson about trading up for a a top pick, and, and certainly we experienced that with RG. I, I like to stay pat. You're going to get a good choice, and I don't think anyone has a crystal ball to tell them, you know, who's better between number one and number two. Two's still a good pick. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm where you guys are. Stay pat. Take who you like at number two and, uh, and go from there. The team has too many needs to give up too much draft, draft capital. And then, JP, let me know how the sphere is because – I bought tickets to Dead & Company. I'm look, that, that's my trip to Vegas. I'm not out there this week. You guys are sound like you're having a lot of fun. Uh, we're definitely having a lot of fun, and JP will be there tonight checking out, uh, I think, you too tonight. And uh, I, I think his voice is going to be a little different tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, your voice rough. has sounded better than his already. He has that. He does that a lot. I think it affects his, uh, his throat a little bit, Drew. Appreciate your call, man. Okay, take care. All right. Thank you, Drew. Um, we got Jerry and Fairfax on the line. Jeremiah, what do you want them to do at quarterback? So before I say what I think, I'm going to put out there that this is controversial and most people aren't going to like it, but let me just explain it. And, yeah, so I would actually not mind them trading down a little bit, get another second-round pick or something in next year's draft, Stick with Sam Howell for a year and get one of the top three O-linemen in this year's draft class. Because even if you get Jaden Daniels, even if you get Caleb Williams, you still have the offensive line problem. And I don't trust free agency with offensive linemen. That was supposed to happen last year with Wiley. We brought in a Super Bowl winning, two-time Super Bowl winning tackle. He didn't do diddly squat. So I just think it's unwise to bring in another quarterback when you haven't changed much outside of the offense, you know, besides no upgrade. But, Jeremiah, you have to understand that the people picking this year are not the people that picked last year. They're not bargain shopping this year. I understand that. That's a good point, but nothing's 100%. Not with quarterbacks. That's one of the lower percentage you hit or you miss. Offensive linemen are away, but, you know, top-ranked offensive linemen normally turn out nine times, eight times out of ten to be studs. I just think it would be wise to do that. Maybe find a really desperate team. Get a first-round pick next year from a desperate team. If you could do that, I don't know. I just think it would be a good idea. Probably not going to happen, but I at least think, you know, it's something to think about. But thanks for taking my call. Hope you all have a good day. Appreciate you, dude. I, as as Nikki Javala so succinctly 
clarified yesterday, anything can happen. They could trade up. They could trade back. They could trade for Justin Fields. Maybe they'll just skip the draft like the Vikings did that one year. Who knows? I don't expect any of those things. I I want to ask a very smart man this question. Where? Uh, uh, Mike Phillips from 910 The Fan, Richmond. Mike on the mic. MP on the mic. MP on the mic. Uh, joins us now. He's, he's joined me plenty over the last few days, um, but I guess not on air. Um, Phillips, what do you think they should do at quarterback? Would you trade up? Here, here's my thing. I if, if the Bears aren't in love with Caleb Williams, isn't that a little bit of a red flag for you? Like, if the Bears don't want him, that kind of makes me want him less. <laughs> um, not that they're like the pinnacle of great talent evaluation or anything, but all you hear is he's generational, he can't miss, he's a star. If they kick the tires and they're like, nah, we're good, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, to be honest. Not not that not that he's a sure thing, not that he you know he, he wouldn't be able to you know play play very well here or anything. I I wouldn't trade up to get him. Uh, that just feels too risky of a proposition to me. Uh, you're giving up stuff down the line. You got way too many holes on this roster. If it's a trade back, they better kill it, man. It better be yeah. an RG three yeah. style three first round draft picks in the future situation. Because if this goes right. If they do what they're trying to do here, they're never going to be picking number two again. They're never going to be picking top five again because they're going to build a team that can win eight games a year, nine games a year. You're going to be picking 15 to 20, 20 to 25 every year in the short term. This is your chance to get a franchise quarterback. If you don't, if you trade for more later round picks, you can get a ton of talent, but you commit to going down that that road of building a Super Bowl contender around defense and, and everybody else, that's harder to do. That's really hard to do. Um, I agree. I, I, I'm i out on trading up. Like, if I have to put my chips in what they should do, I'd probably put 90 of them in take Jaden Daniels at number two. <laughs> I, lo- I love me some Jaden Daniels. And some of that is just, I've been on all these shows this week. Who do you like? And every time I say, I like Jaden Daniels, I'm, like, it, it's, it's an echo chamber. I say Jaden Daniels, and then my, my headset, I hear Jaden Daniels. I think, I, man, that, that kid's making good points. I do like Jaden Daniels. But if you're going to win in the NFL now, you need a guy who can make all the throws, who's got mobility, who's got that slipperiness, and, and has the size to take a hit every now and then. I think we just described Jaden Daniels. I, I, the size, he has a little bit of that RG3, every time he gets hit, it looks like it's a car wreck vibe. Yeah. Like, if you go back and watch, he doesn't get hit often. Yeah. But when he does, it's like there's body parts flailing all over the place. Um, I'm not anti-Drake May, because I think he can move more yeah. than people think. I just, what I like about Daniels, some people will say they think it's a problem. I like it. He improved every year. Yeah. That's what you're That's supposed just, to do. It, exactly. There's Joe Burrow vibes there, right? Burrow was kind of off the off the board going it's, into his senior year and then shot up it. It's annoying when people go like, "Oh, this he improved every year." Is that a bad thing? I, I, <laughs> I, it's something I'm looking for. I have a, a I have a series of questions. One, I think we have a, a first time caller. Lay Low is in D.C. What's Lay up, Lay Low? Hello. He's laying Hello? very low. Yeah, Lay Low. What's up, dude? All right, how you guys doing? We're good, man. All right, I just wanted to say this real quick. I want to know, you know, you guys give me your take on this. Is how I feel. I feel like um, we have too many holes on the team. It's a rebuilding year. I think we should keep the second round pick. I mean, to keep the number two pick. Don't trade up. With that number two, pick, get Marvin Harris Jr. 
Then in the second round pick, I believe we had two of them. Then that's when you go get a Penix or maybe a Bo Nix, somebody like that. <clears throat> since um, since the Kiff, Kiff, um, Cliff Kingsbury supposed to be good with developing quarterbacks. What you guys think about that? Can I field this one real quick? Sure. If you take Marvin Harrison Jr. at two, as organizational malpractice. Ooh. It's the number two pick in the entire NFL draft. You either use it on a quarterback a first round or you trade it for a big haul. Receivers happen a lot in Detroit. Remember that? Yeah, I do, I do remember that. What, they, what playoff games they won? That's, you know, I, it, you, it's, you can get they a big They a receiver haul. for two, three years in a row, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what'd that do for him? It's, uh, nothing. Um, Lay low, are you still on the line? I think Lay low is gone. I am, frankly, more curious how he acquired that name. <laughs> um, Jeff, can I ask you a quick question? There's a Linnell in Capitol Heights on the line. Yeah, is that, that is, is that, that our Linnell? No, 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 it's not. Okay, all right. Well, let's see what Linnell in Capitol Heights has to say. Hello, Linnell. Hi, JP. Uh, Linnell in Capitol Heights. L A N E L L. I actually spoke to the other Linnell. A couple of days ago, but it, I got cut off. Neil FedEx Field. What did that tell you? <laughs> Tells you anyway, something. Um, I'm, 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 I celebrated our Super Bowl after they made the announcement that Snyder was in England or some damn where. So um, I say, everybody, just slow your break. Trust the process. We have a real organization now. We have a GM. We have a company. Just just slow your brakes and let them work it. They got stuff in place. So I want to keep some picks. I want to get. I want to build this team quick. I want to get offensive linemen, DBs, uh, and you name it. You could with this administration that can happen. Everybody, slow your road. Keep in mind. Thank you, Linnell. Who Appreciate good, it. Who who? Linnell wants to keep the pick. I'm with him. He wants yeah. everybody to slow their brakes. Never heard that phrase, but. Keeping the pick. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. <laughs> slow your roll. I like it. Combine them. It's 2024. It's the it's the time for new phrases. You know what else it's the time for? ESPN Bet. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get a hundred bucks in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Wednesday. Until 30 seconds ago. You didn't know? I thought all day it was Tuesday. Because you're not that smart. Correct. How much did you drink last night? That's my question for you. <laughs> Too much. I've gone back in you time. You flew here no. on Monday. Right. No, I, it, I you woke up yesterday. That was Tuesday. I just realized all of it because I was texting with PFT about meeting up for a beer, and he's, like, giving me some times, and I'm like, oh, I leave that day. And then I just realized that that day is tomorrow. Shout out to the father-daughter dance getting me back to D.C. where I belong. Yeah, because oh. you're not going to make it here. Um. I, I, all right, a series of questions. Uh, Landfill, how – I would say we annoy you most days. I feel like we particularly annoyed you today. Yeah, it's it's not been great. Now, in my defense, mm-hmm. the microphone issues are not our fault. Okay. The, the Comrex broke, and I've never used this Comrex before, 
So I don't know the appropriate microphone levels. You could just start turning knobs to the left. That's what I did. Every time you texted, I tried. I tried, mm. Landfill. Is, have I ignored? Do I need to give away another set of tickets or anything? No. I, I, I recognize I, I, I blew through that a few times. You did. Um, but I do think today's show was a rousing success. That's true. Totally. I like to fight where, with the part where Beamish tried to start a fight with another radio station. <laughs> <laughs> where did I try to start a fight? <laughs> with that station in Ohio? What I just said. They're right next to us. They have They're the on same the air. I didn't try pool. to start anything. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how you make up stuff, Landfield. I'll say this. Whatever station they are, they got Dan Marino. So they're doing something and, right. And they, That's and pretty they, good. They allowed us to use the thing, and then they we took it back to them. I don't know. Allowed us? Well, once kinda... he told me, he could have told me to bring it back immediately. <laughs> he said, no, let your stuff charge and then bring it back. And, Jeff, what about you? Have we been annoying you today? Oh, no, nah, I've been good. My man, you're the yeah, one. good with me. You yelled in the text thread. You went all caps in the text thread. Yes, because we asked you twice. But it didn't bother me. It was just like, yo, give away the tickets. Because then you opened up the phone lines as we were in the middle of a ticket giveaway. Yeah. That, so I mean, you, you had to get based. But it's all love. I mean, radio expert, let me tell you. Um, now, I did get a text message from someone that I think we'd all be interested in. You got to talk into the microphone. Did you send me that picture I asked you to send me yet? No. Um, Dude, I will send it you to you. You try to do too much at one time. Just send the damn picture. Hold on. You're telling me to send you the picture while we're on air, and then you tell me I'm doing too no, much at I, one time. I told you that over an hour ago. True. Um, I've heard from the stallion, Ryan Clary. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a show to produce in just moments. Grant Paulson is sitting here getting ready to go on air, right? But stallion asked... How hard have you guys been going in Vegas? And I said, pretty hard. Uh, last night I had a plan of going to bed early. Got away from me a little bit. I, I, last night got away from me a little bit. Because you are also a bully, and when I get back and want to go to bed, you make me hang out more. I didn't make you hang out last night. You came back. You were already twisted. Possibly. Um, and pockets were like a lot light, lighter. Pockets got lighter. Yeah. Correct. Skirts did not get shorter. Um Stallion wants to know how we think he would do out here. I, it's my understanding he's never been to Las Vegas. And he probably shouldn't come. I said he, he would be out of control. I said you'd be a wreck and deeply in debt. Uh, Jeff, I think I won my bet last night. I think I'm 2-0 and on the week. Yep, you 2-0. and I'm 1-1. One and one. B is 1-1. One and one. B, how many drinks did you have last night? Over. Oh, you met, smashed the over? <laughs> smashed the over. So my boy Landfill sitting at 1-1 one and one as well. I think B might have had that amount of. Yo, know, we had an outrageous dinner. B might have had those drinks at dinner. Had a lot of good food at dinner. I know that. Uh, what do we like tonight, Landville? You taking the over on B Mitch drinks again? I got um, B Mitch over one thirty-five uh, a.m. bedtime. Ooh, that's late, dude. Nah, I'm not. Nah, uh, no. I got I the go over, with, B. I got the I'm, over. I'm going under on that one, though. I, I might. I might work my connections. Make uh, make you take the over. Ooh, I don't know what that means. What the hell does that, that mean? You're going to find out. Jeff, what do you got tonight? Uh, give me St. Bonaventure minus four and a half over UMass. Give me over 231 and a half in the Pelicans and Clippers game. And then also give me Alabama, Alabama plus five and a half against Auburn. Good SEC action. Hey, Jeff, what, what's the standing on what people are picking for the game for the Super Bowl? Uh, you said what's the standing? 
Yeah. Who, Have you actually been writing who? it down? Oh, um, I got it. Don't worry about it. guy yesterday took the 49ers. Who? Derek Stevens took the 49ers. That's so, all so you have? Everyone today that gave us a pick, you got nothing. I told y'all I look at that after. I, I listened to her to hear first after. I am taking the Sixers tonight. Don't, get, ha- don't worry about it. I got it, Jeff. Sixers getting points with the Warriors coming to town. Give me Philly. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to everybody that called into the program today. Thank you to everybody that joined the program today. It was a long list. Tori Smith. Mark Ingram, Sean Merriman, Ryan Keel, Justin Pugh. Today was fun, man. Yeah, it was. Today's why you come out here. It flew by. It really did. Great and Danny coming your way next. You made it this far. Oh, your beer. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.